Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcos Marks. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. This week we're discussing S6E18, Burn This. Burn This. Written by Maya Goldsmith, directed by Arthur Anderson. Couple of old vets. Yeah. I don't know about you, you seem to not agree with me, but I declared this the best episode of this half season the other day. I really like this episode. I... I don't know if I could say immediately the best episode. I guess I'm just I'm feeling a lot of different moments from mm. 6B rather than the episodes themselves. I mean, you know, just coming out of last week, Hannah and Melissa in that bathroom. Uh, but there's there's some great. This episode just seemed just playful. Yeah, just fun, like having fun with the fans. There's lots of little in jokes and callbacks and stuff like that. Well, and it's it's a it seems like it's kind of a nice first part of like a basically a three part finale because I'm going to assume mm-hmm. that A's thing is like going to carry over the next two episodes. So we shall yeah. see. Yeah. Um, before we jump into the episode, any follow up from you? No, no, not got at all. Some, got some stuff at the end. Okay. Well, I have. A few things I guess we can get to now. Uh, just people on our website page. Angela just pointed out that Allie never really apologized to Arya for suspecting her of murder and then was like, marry me, bitch. Yeah. Um, Lulu, suspicious of Gil. He's been around a lot. Like, maybe he leaked the stuff hmm. about... Uh, I mean, that would be a classic, like, sleazy campaign director type of move. Well, and, and who else are you going to blame it on but the... Uh like wannabe Johnny Depp hacker. Well, no, you don't blame it on the hacker. You blame it on his girlfriend. Yeah. Who yeah. like, there's no way Spencer can take the the fall. So he would have to. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, Captain Jack mnemonic. Like it's time to, uh, jump on that grenade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's something that a wannabe Peter Hastings would do. Yeah. Also, according to, uh, Viola Sophia, we're huge at Germany. I did not know that. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. All right, shall we begin? Yeah, I mean, the biggest PLL podcast in Germany. We should absolutely begin. <laughs> we should start at the beginning of every episode pointing that out. <laughs> Take that, Japan. Mm-hmm. It's the Montgomery House. It's the next morning. I'm sorry, could you just imagine like a PLL in Japan? Like if they just translated the show over to Japan. And then back into English. <laughs> that would be donkey, 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 dragon fire. Yeah, news radio joke, by the way. Uh, so it's the Montgomery house. Arya and her tulpa are walking in. There's all these like boxes and crates and stuff. They're cleaning up from the wedding. It's the next day. Yeah. yeah. Arya's got a bunch of tablecloths in her hand. Hannah's carrying around a couple of plates, one with some cake on it. Do we want to talk about the fashion? Uh, the most interesting thing about this fashion is apparently Lucy Hale mentioned on Twitter that she actually owns one of these uh, weird vest fringy leather things wow which i can buy because it seems a little countryish. you know hmm. seems a little more lucy than aria to me she is dressed like a like a perky 1980s version of like imperator Friorosa. Hmm. um hannah is dressed in that place where like 
modern art meets fashionista for dummies. I mean, like, not, not really feeling Hannah's weird dress thing happening. Here. I mean, like literally with the color scheme and everything. Mm-hmm. Emily, meanwhile, is dressed like a hipster wizard babe. Yeah, black dress with white stars. We can get to Emily in a second, but uh, Hannah says it's just so weird. I mean, I barely know the guy's first name, and now he's married to Allie. And Ari says, right, well, I'm sure he seems like a stranger to us. But Allison and Elliot have known each other for years. And even Arya doesn't look like she believes this. And then we see Emily walk by in the background on the phone. I kind of love the blocking of this because we've kind of like pulled back into the shot. And then Emily just like walks right in like in the background, just like from off camera. It's such mm-hmm. a it's like she just like drifts in as soon as the word Allison is mentioned. She's like, boom, there's Allie. There's, there's yeah. the Emerson. Yeah, I mean, poor Emily does not want to orbit this black hole of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's on the phone. But Hannah's just like, hey, they just started going out. What is this, their second date? Whatever happened to dinner in a movie? And <laughs> Preach Hannah, it, Hannah. Yeah, Hannah has a slice of that delicious-looking wedding cake and is about to, like, dive into that when Arya sees this. And she's just like, um, Han, there's lipstick on that fork. And Hannah's just like, ew. Like, hands the plate over to Arya. And literally, that's gross. Um, and Arya's like, I'm sure. That does look like good cake, though. It does look like really good cake. Maybe it's just frosting and not lipstick. But it's on the... F- I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying it looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks good. Um, Arya, But, I mean, it's more of the fork is the issue with the grossness. I know. Yeah, Arya's like... Once your mouth touches it, I mean, you might as well just keep going. That's my feeling on the issue. That's your feeling on a lot of issues, right? Yes. And Arya's like, I'm sure it seems strange, but if you saw Allison Elliot, it was pretty romantic. And Emily looks like she wants to throw <laughs> up her entire like body's worth of organs. Emily's like, the fact that you found it romantic just proves to us that it wasn't. Yeah, so Emily gets off her call there, and she's like, I don't think romance has anything to do with it. I mean, Allie's lost everyone she's ever cared about. She's desperate for a family, which is true. Should have been you, Emily. Yeah, Hannah's like, maybe she's smart. If you elope, no one can throw you a bridal shower. And Arya's just like, hmm, since when do you not like bridal showers, gifts, expensive lingerie, cake? They're, like, made for you. And Hannah's just like, pshaw, not when we have two monsters after us. <laughs> Hannah's really, like, speaking for the audience in this episode. She's just like, Allie and Rollins? Bullshit. Well, and so is Emily. But, yeah, mm-hmm. so Emily walks over and she's like, Spencer's not answering. And Arya's like, she's probably still dealing with the fallout from the Yvonne League. And Emily says, there's no way Spencer's or Spencer's family would believe Caleb did that. Seriously. And Arya's like, well, be glad that they do, because if they thought that we had a new A, they would march straight down to the police station. Well, this is the moment in the episode where I'm like, wait a minute, why aren't you going to the cops again? Arya, who preached that like last week. Yeah. The week before. Well, then, then Hannah's going to like distract us with some vague, you know, she's like, you guys, our stalker already warned us. OK, if we talk to the cops. We're going to all going to have targets on our backs. That's called sticks. Yeah, and he's like, we already do. Melissa tried to turn me into roadkill last night. And yeah. Hannah says, no, she is not the one sending texts and going after Yvonne. Uh, which I think we already established that, Hannah. Keep up. Yeah. Uh, Emily sighs. And she's like, Spencer could just tell Toby. I mean, he could quietly go. And Hannah's just like, no, if we talk to Toby, there's nothing quiet about it. A uh, whole Rosewood police force will be on a manhunt, which would, I guess, be terrible or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then Arya, she holds up her little, like, Micro Four Thirds camera there. She She's had enough of this police talk. She says, okay, can we just talk about something nice for a second? And Hannah's like, I want my cake back. Hannah, in, in Arya's place this uh, half season, she's just all about, like, dumpster diving for food. Yeah. She's like, I don't care. 
Want Whereas, <laughs> do you remember? Was it the end of season end of season five where Spencer was literally or start of season six? Oh God. Literally diving for pills. <laughs> remember when we thought that was like, oh, it's Detective Spencer, and it's like, no, it's Addict Spencer, <laughs> which is my favorite kind of Detective Spencer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so detecting Ari's, for drugs. <laughs> Arya's like, just check out pictures from the wedding. So Emily stands on one side of her. Arya stands on the other side. The way it's framed before, like whatever the shoe situation is. It looks like Hannah and uh, Emily are like the same height, and both of them are three or four inches taller than Arya. <laughs> yeah, so I think Ashley Benson's only like five three, but it's it's funny yeah. in this framing here. So mm-hmm. Arya has something through the pictures in the camera. There's one of Byron and Ella like smiling, looking happy, and Emily's like, "Oh, your parents look so happy." And Arya has this big smile on her face, and Emily says. Uh, great job on the dress, Hannah. Now Hannah has a big smile on her face. We flip through like one picture of a couple who look, you know, smiley, but like not thrilled to be there. Yeah, there's, like, who are those people? Yeah, there's like a Dutch angle picture of some flower arrangements. There's a picture of like a gazebo decorated like it's the inside of a gypsy's lamp. Uh, then there's one of Byron and Ella like talking. Arya's like in front of the camera for back to it. And she's like, that's weird. I'm in this one. Wonder <laughs> who took it. And then so like intuitively. She says that so casually like it's normal. Yeah. Like, not like, uh-oh. She's just like, huh, I wonder who took it. Yeah. So she starts, like, zooming in, like, scrolling to the side, past her mother's arm. And there on the table uh, at, like, the wedding thing, and, like, little wedding calligraphy to note, it says, give me the killer, dot, dot, dot. And Emily's like, what is that? So Arya just, like, keeps staring at this picture, and she's just like, wait, there's more. So How she, do you know that, Arya? Yeah, she flips to the next picture. And there's another note sitting on a plate, and it says, by election night, dot, dot, dot. She flips to the like, next picture, and on another card on a plate just says, or you lose, and you is underlined. <laughs> uh, and Arya's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so she looks over her shoulder at Hannah, who then looks at Emily. Emily looks back at Hannah, who's no longer looking at her. And while that's happening, Arya's now looking over her shoulder at Emily. Yeah, Hannah and Emily both kind of do this frown at each other thing, like, oh, boy. Meanwhile, I'm just like, lose what exactly? Like, bring it on, eh? What do you got? I'll, I'll talk so far. Yeah. It's not like you've set anyone on fire yet. Yet. Uh, so we get the credits. Spencer is the shusher. Yeah. Next week so, should be Hannah. All right, that's right. And then followed by Arya. Mm-hmm. Yes. Followed by Bictunia. Followed by the hammer. Uh, so uh, then after credits, it's the Hastings house. It's morning. We pan over from some Hastings campaign bumper stickers and buttons and whatnot to, oh, shit, it's Peter fucking Hastings. Pause for applause. Yeah. Peter's like, well, obviously, Gil defused the situation. Your mom has apologized to Yvonne and her family. And she and uh, Spencer's phone keeps beeping this whole time. And she, it's like distracting Peter. He's like, could you please turn that off while I'm talking? Spencer's like, sorry. He's like, thank you. God damn, we miss you, Pete Nolan North. I mean, just he just brings so much. Yeah, it, I feel like it. It never fully feels like PLL until like in Melissa and Peter make an appearance. You know, there's something about the Hastings family. There's something about Peter. There's like a lived-in warmth added to like the uh, face of like the <laughs> dark patriarchness. Yeah, because he he's awful in so many ways, but like there's something so. But- but, like, imagine that you are murderously awful with a <laughs> twinkle in your eye. Well, there's something, like, you can see a little bit of Spencer in him the whole time. So you can't really hate him because yeah, it's yeah. like you, you see where she gets it and you see they they do have kind of a weird bond, you know. But, okay, so contrast. 
Spencer comes home to the darkened house, and there's Peter Hastings sitting on the couch, staring at the fire, holding like a poker in one hand, <laughs> a scotch in the other hand. Contrast that to Arya comes home, and there's Byron sitting in pitch dark drinking scotch. She turns on the light, and he's like, did I scare you? Like, Peter's... I, I want to, like, see Peter would just be like, we need to talk. Yeah, and Byron is like, fuck you, Byron. <laughs> Of course, I don't know what, what situation with Byron is not resulting in a fuck you, Byron. Peter would just be like, your mother's moving out. Pour yourself a drink and sit down. <laughs> we need to decide which parent you want to live with. Yeah. Oh, we got to mention Spencer's outfit, by the way. Oh, shit. She yeah. looks like Prime Minister of Chavland. Um, I mean, it's like a weird checkered suit with like a white button-up shirt. Like white stripe button-up shirt. She's... Dressed like a 1920s door-to-door salesman who's like selling you prohibition. <laughs> She's her bangs are like really going on. She has her her hair pulled back in some sort of not quite ponytail situation. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Well, I, I mean, yeah. So for for Mr. Malone on the PLL staff who who likes the Spencer Bangs hashtag, this is the bangsiest. Mm-hmm. I feel like of Spencer. So like the I the keep hair- waiting for her to go like full Jenny Lewis with those bangs. Yeah, the hair is down, but like parts of it are up in the back, which just adds to the weirdness of the look. <laughs> I can't like I'm sure there's like a, a reference we just don't know because we don't know fashion, but yeah. It's well, it's something. I think it's telling that in the the trailer where it's like Caleb knocks somebody out, everyone's like, Oh my god, and then they're like What is she wearing? <laughs> what the fuck is Spencer wearing? It doesn't I don't know it 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 doesn't feel like like the most Spencer of outfits. It kind of does, though. I guess, I it, guess it seems like maybe a little too flashy. Well, you know? I don't know. I mean, we are referring to the the Swedish murder ballerina. We are referring to like the uh, steampunk anti heroine. Well, it's not that she doesn't wear weird stuff, but this seems more noticeably weird. I guess it feels like she should have a cane and a top hat, and she should be on a <laughs> stage. <laughs> Like, like, like she should be like, Caleb, I just flew in from Philadelphia and boy, are my arms tired in South London. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, Peter says several members of the press have caught wind of the fact that the social media consultant that was responsible for all the leaks is your boyfriend. I think it would be wise to put out a statement, you know, distancing yourself from him, which is just classic Peter Hastings. So he knew Spencer was hooking up with Caleb. Did Veronica not know that or just like have that low of opinion of Caleb? We need, we need like the scene of the two of them in bed, like wearing their reading glasses, mm-hmm, like yeah. side by side, like reading papers and stuff. And she's like, yeah, it's just like, you know, he's fucking him, right? And she's like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, my man, Miles Corwin, he follows her all over the place. Told me like a week ago. Uh, oh, I would love for like Caleb to come home and there's Peter in the dark of scotch. Like, Caleb, sit down. We need to have the talk. <laughs> In one hand is $50,000, and the other is a shovel. <laughs> I think you'll make the right choice. Um, so Spencer's not having any of this. She's just like, what? Like, Am I burying the money? <laughs> <laughs> like your style, kid. Get the fuck out. Spencer's <laughs> like, what? Why? And Peter says, this morning, Toby spoke to the media, issued a personal statement. Toby issued a personal statement. <laughs> that should be a hashtag. Personal statement. Hashtag. And Spencer's like, he did? And Peter's like, yeah. Naturally, voicing his support for his girlfriend. Taking a swipe at her nasty nasty political tactics. Spencer looks very guilty and she says, does he know that it was Caleb who did it? Peter's just like, I, why are you so protective of Caleb? 
I mean, come on, Spence. Don't we all have a better idea of who he is now? Uh, I would really love that scene between Peter and Caleb. And he, he gets up and he walks to the window. He's just flabbergasted at how boy, boy crazy uh, Spencer's still being here. And while he does that, she finally checks her phone. She's got an iMessage from Arya that says, look at these, call me. And it's the first shot is uh, that give me the killer photo. And she she doesn't even look at the rest. She hides her phone because her dad turns back around. And he says, I, I had to get to the campaign office. He's packing up his briefcase. And Spencer says, "Um, Dad, would you please tell Melissa to call me? She hasn't been answering her phone. And Peter says, she left for London. Her office needed her back. <laughs> Of course she did. Yeah. Uh, Spencer's like, what? Wait, why would she leave right before the election? Peter's like, why don't you stop worrying about Melissa and start focusing your attention on helping your mom? Also, you might want to think about what you're going to say to Toby. And he just like, walks off, leaves her stewing in her own guilt there. Mm. Does he actually care about Toby's feelings here? Not one iota. I Is hope. he just saying that to like make her feel shitty? Because that yeah. would seem like a Peter Hastings move. You know, if they had more time, I wish that we could have gotten a few more episodes of random people like giving Spencer a hard time and then telling her, like, also go get this thing so so Melissa can get reimbursed for her travel. Like <laughs> <laughs> five episodes of that. Uh, so Spencer's worried face leads us into a flashback. Well, before we flashback, I just want you to think. Uh, th- imagine Peter Hastings on the day he found out that Spencer broke up with Toby. Mm-hmm. It's just like time to crack the seal on this 30 year clown scotch. I just see him like walking into his law office and like just like not only opening champagne, but like spraying people <laughs> with champagne. <laughs> like, it's like, like a locker poor, room after the Super Bowl. The poor like FedEx delivery guy is just getting sprayed in the face of champagne. <laughs> I just need a signature. Yeah, you do. And a glass of champagne. Yeah, flashback. Spencer's dorm room in college. This is like just the perfect set. This just looks exactly like a dorm room. It's got these like, it's tiny. It's got cinder block walls. Uh, There's just like random posters and crap. This is exactly what a dorm room looks like. And uh, Spencer walks out from like the bathroom here. Toblerone is sitting in like a desk chair, just stirring his coffee. Yeah, stirring his coffee like he's a hundred years old. The lighting is very kind of moody. It looks like it's the... afternoon of like a gloomy winter day or something yeah i mean we're in the we're in the middle of like a ben fold five song um or like the really sad one i like that like spencer's outfit couldn't be not only more college but mm-hmm. like more removed from the uh song and dance outfit she's yeah, wearing in the present true. day it's just um, like a little sweater and jeans yeah so this is like hashtag Spoby. They're still together. Uh, there's obviously some issues there. In the background, we hear the hustle and bustle of dorm life. Well, it's it's very tense right now. He's just being moody, watching her. She's watching him. Which is weird because Toby's not usually a moody guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she comes and sits on her bed, like back up against the wall, hugging her knees, getting well, as small as possible. And also like as far away from him as possible. Like it's not like she sits right next to him. She's like way over on the end of the bed. Right, right. Uh, so we pan up from like her phone, which is sitting on the bed, to her worried face as she watches Toby. And Toby kind of sighs, just you know, feeling that malaise too. Uh, yeah, she takes a big breath, swallows. Like not a word in this whole flashback here, but we're we're definitely feeling it. It's like ooh, yeah. this is this is when it went down. This is a tantalizing tease of whatever mm-hmm. happened here. Uh, so we we end that flashback. Spencer's you know still in the kitchen after reliving that, and she's just like, well, fuck, we're gonna have to relive that one, guys. <laughs> um, so we cut to the Marin kitchen where Ashy Marin is just holding a game box for 
Are you naughty or nice? The bachelorette party of uh, Game of Confessions and Fantasies. Yes. And Ashley has just the sauciest grin on her face right now. She's like, is this too risque for the party? I just want, like, the truth up episode of mm. this game. Yes. Which Mona wins every every game. And Hannah, who's going to be shitty basically this entire episode, just kind of frowns and walks past her. And she says, you know what? Honestly, maybe we should just cancel the party. You know, reschedule it for another time. And Ashley's like, what? Like, come on, Hannah. Like, Ashley needs this. Uh, and says, look, your hotel has that big thing for the election night. And, and Ashley says, the party is tomorrow. We can't cancel. You have friends coming in from New York. And Hannah says, and I have friends who have already left. Allie can't come. She had to go out of town. And Allie, Ashley's just kind of like, huh? And Hannah's like, it's a long story. I mean, she could just say, uh, she married that doctor. But I guess yeah. not. Yeah, and uh, Ashley's like, okay, well, maybe now you can invite Mona instead. And Hannah doesn't just like roll her eyes. She rolls her whole head. And Ashley's like, honey, it's the first time in years that your friends have all been in the same place. And Hannah's like, yeah, because of a murder investigation. And Ashley sighs, and she's like, you need this. You All of you do. It'll be a good distraction. And also, I need this. <laughs> yeah, Ashley smiles. Hannah kind of forces a smile. Ashley is ready to get her freak on. Well, um, interesting that she brought up Mona there. What if, like, Ashley and Mona are secretly BFS now? I would love it. I would love if they're just getting, like, Manny Petties. Just like they have like a, a standing weekly tea at the uh, Radley Bar lobby. I think you mean wine, oh. but sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like how last week Ella just casually dropped that Hannah's bachelorette party would be in the next episode. <laughs> and so now like Hannah and is casually dropping night, yeah. an election night party. Um, so continuity. Yeah. Ezra's apartment. He's like opening his like fridge and like calling back behind himself. Hey, how was your parents' wedding? And Arya's like there holding some papers ready to work. And she's like, um, good. good. I, have to, I have to warn you, I have like interjections after like every line of dialogue in this scene. Fantastic. <laughs> because that's what you do when Arya has a scene with Ezra. Yeah. Um, good, good. Small. Ezra comes over having got like a bottled cup. Well, like, can can they email some PDS or something? Like save a tree? You gotta print out everything you do. Go paperless, you guys. Well, especially if you're, if like Liam told us, you're really freaked out about the uh, the follow up by the author of Ostinato getting on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> that's why that's why Franzen has that laptop that's you know air gapped or whatever. Um, Speaking of Franzen, I'm going to have a lot of uh, Aria as purity uh, comments later, but yeah. Oh, juicy. Uh, so Ezra says, "Did you want something to eat?" And Aria says, "Oh no, I can't stay long. I'm going to lunch with Liam." Uh, and kind of like body language check here. He he walked over to her and she crosses her arms. It's just like, nope, blocking out the shipping vibes. Yeah, yeah. And Ezra says, oh, right, yeah, he seems he seems bright. Which is so belittling. <laughs> yeah, it's such, so backhanded. And Arya's like, he is, and like gives a big exaggerated nod. She's like, he's very bright. And he smiles. It's awkward. She's like biting the inside of her cheek, which she does a lot in this uh, episode. She's mm-hmm. kind of like looking off because... Something's bugging her. She says, look, um, I, I came here because I needed to know what you wanted me to do. And Ezra looks all shifty. And then Arya's like, about the book. Uh, how do you want me to handle it? And Ezra says, so I, I might have handled it. I might have already hand, handled it. And he gets this very smug smile on his face now. And he finally like walks away, gives her a little space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the, the nonverbal in this scene is like just as important. you know. Mm-hmm. He says, I spoke to Jillian this morning. Because I wanted to give you credit and make sure that you didn't lose your job over this. And I sort of ended up pitching you as co-writer. And Arya's like, what? 
And it's like, it's complete surprise. It's not even like happiness. It's just like, what? And Ezra says, well, I mean, she loved the female voice that you gave, and I suggested that we write the book together. Sort of a man and woman in dialogue. And Arya's eyes are, like, darting all over the place now. Like, far away. Like, she's doing some math in her head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I probably should have talked to you about this. And Arya's like, no, don't be. And she's looking earnestly now. She walks over to him, gets closer, and she says, I, I am so, so flattered. But, no, Jillian's never going to go for that. I'm an assistant over there. And Ezra says, Arya, Jillian seems open to this. So, are you? And just big, wide, uncertain Arya eyes here. Your mouth's just hanging open. She doesn't know what to say. My my first feeling was I kept thinking about when uh, I remember season one how offended Arya was when Byron said that Ella seemed like a like a slight hmm. you know brain, and that's how I kind of perceived Ezra like. Oh yeah, Liam's bright. He's bright. Yeah, he hasn't written Ostinato yet, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, also i mean some ezra talk here because i really like their scenes in this episode even though like it's it's this weird thing where like they're awful and yet it's not the same (laughs) way that ali and rollins are awful ali and rollins like it's like she got body snatched i don't believe it whereas these two it's like no this is totally who they are Mm -hmm. like the way they interact with each other is like so true to who their characters are Mm -hmm. Um, because i feel like in this scene Arya. She's suddenly wondering if Ezra is like angling for something more than a writing partner. That's what I'm getting out of this. And she's not really sure how to broach that. So she's just kind of sending out feelers. Uh-huh. But I, I feel like that's where she is in this episode. She's kind of th- wondering, oh, maybe you want more. But, uh, it, but also... at the same time, it's like it's always probably been her fantasy to write with him, too. Yeah. And so it's like, well, shit, now what? Like, how do I... How do I do this without, you know, getting the other part of it, too? I mean, like, in other in another movie, this is basically where the two of them have to, like, do some kind of synchronized, like, figure skating together. And it's it's a metaphor for just sex. But, like... Well, no, I don't think they're there yet, though, because... No, I but think... I think I think you're right. She's she's angling to see what is his, his motive, but also she's going to discover maybe she's not turned off by that mm-hmm. spark is not gone from the Ezra's endgame uh shitstorm yeah yeah we will we'll see that later so anyways we're gonna go to the loft now mm-hmm. hannah's walking and talking on her phone with emily emily's out in main street rosewood right now and hannah says wait how did this happen and emily says we're like how do we not see this coming melissa's done this so many times before she probably has a special fugitive ray from the airlines oh well boom i mean obviously does not make a lot of sense security wise, but I kind of feel like I might pay a little bit of extra for a fugitive rate. <laughs> uh, Melissa Hastings has it. I love that line. It's uh, I mean that's that's what we call a lampshade right there. Yeah, I just love the in joke. You know, they're, they're it's it reminds me of the uh, the like out of town being lawyers line. You know, <laughs> but parents? also I always love when when Emily can be sassy. Mm-hmm. You know, because she Emily's got some lines in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, like her and Hannah both are going to speak for the audience. So Hannah says, okay, so the only way we'll be able to confront her is on video chat. And I was like, doesn't matter. We'll just have to prove she did it without her actually being here. Oh, and by the way, your mom called about the bar menu for the shower. What's a pink drink? <laughs> like you don't know, Emily. LOL's all the way down. <laughs> mm, nice callback. And Hannah's just like, oh, God. And Emily's like, is she talking about some kind of... And then... <laughs> 
Emily hears that weird airwolf whistling that the big truck made, which of course immediately puts her on edge. And like Hannah is like staring at her phone, like M. M, are you there? Yeah. And like you know, Emily's just like befuddled. A lot of great shots of Emily looking befuddled as this like whatever's going on. And Emily's like, I've heard that sound before. It's like, do you not recognize? Well, the way she says it, it's like, did you forget? Yeah, about the truck that tried to kill you literally twelve hours ago. <laughs> like I know I've heard that somewhere. That uh, seems interesting. Yeah, Hannah frowns. Emily she hangs up. She walks around the corner and oh, there's just like a normal car driving by and the sound's gone now. Like no, oh, where did it come from? You know, she's in the front of the brew. And as we cut to the Radley lobby bar or the hipster bartender hands Ashley some papers and she's like, "All right, I will place a rush order and hopefully the stock we have will last until." We can. She's trying to sign, but distracted by a similar gruff voice because Caleb is over at the check-in desk pleading with the clerk for a room. In like typical background artist fashion, this woman who's playing the clerk looks like she might be a ghost and can't hear a word he's saying. <laughs> and he's just like, I'll, I'll stay in a broom closet. And uh, she's like, I'm sorry, Ben. Can you excuse me for a second? And so she starts to head over there. We hear Caleb say, I need a place to stay. And like, the clerk just like walks away. <laughs> the concierge just turns away like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so <laughs> Ashley's like, Caleb, is everything okay? And he's like, sees that it's her. And that's a little awkward, but, you know, he's not, not unpleasant. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, I just, uh, I, I'm just trying to get a room for tonight. And Ashley's like, I thought you were staying at the Hastings. Like, yeah, I was when I was working on the campaign, uh, which I no longer am. And Ashley's like, what happened? And he, like, looks up and just like looks back at her like no words like i'm not gonna go into this with you and well she's he does like, he just smiles tightly like uh you know like i can't yeah. really say sorry then <laughs> she's like all right i'll tell you what why don't i make some calls to some other hotels and maybe and he's like no no thank you i've, I've already tried actually this was sort of my last stop thanks which that's got to be a dig to her fine establishment but he picks up <laughs> his seriously <laughs> Picks up his bag, starts to walk away. Well, I mean, there's no room at the end for boyfriend Jesus here. Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, I tried the Bradbury first, and then I tried them again. And then 15 hotels later, I tried, yeah. I tried them. Well, and Ashley, she's thinking for a bit, and she's like, wait a minute, I'm Team Caleb all the way. And she's like, Caleb. And he stops and turns back, and she comes over, and he's, she says, uh, you know, if you can't find any place else to stay, you can all stay in the guest room. You know it well. ha. <laughs> There's probably still one of your old beanies, you know, stuffed in the dresser. And she's just laughing and smiling and, like, straight up flirting right now. Yeah, so he's like, I actually, I left it for you in case you ever wanted to clean your chimney flue or something. She chuckles. Crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> Caleb's like, I really appreciate the offer, but um, I'll figure it out. He does, like, this, like, bro nod and, like, walks off. And we kind of say if Ashu sighs. And she's clearly thinking, damn. Well, she's thinking about the porno version of that sleepover that's happening in her brain right now. Hashtag Ashleb. Mm -hmm. Oh, are you having a nightmare, Caleb? Is it Ashleb or is it Why don't it you Ashleb? come over to my bed and sleep? Mm -hmm. I Ashleb? think I like Cashley personally. I like Cashley because that's just a great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just a great word right there. Um, well, then she kind of like she kind of has a little huff, like huh, foiled again, you know, and walks off. Mm -hmm. Ashley's all about, she's like, hey, you know who's awesome? Mona and Caleb. Sorry, Hannah. I'm taking their side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so outside the brew, Emma's at a table, like, packing up some of her stuff. <laughs> Behind her, Ezra walks out with some, like, books to restock, like a table or something. He sees her, and he's like, oh, hey. And she's like, hey, oh, uh, congratulations on the book. 
already told us that you may be. And then she hears that like sci-fi car whistling again. And she just stares off. Looking she just forward. turns around, like doesn't even finish Mid-sense. the sentence. And this should be the weirdest thing ever for Ezra. But of course, he has like some complaining of his own to do. And he's just <laughs> like, ah, annoying, isn't it? It made even worse with zero sleep and a writing deadline. Because like, I'm a writer. <laughs> without all the context, it still has to be about Ezra. And she's just like, have have you heard that noise before? And he's like, whistle tips. And, and Emily's like, like, I'm sorry, did you just say whistle tits? Well, she's like, how dare you call me that? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, sorry? And he says, the piece that goes in the exhaust pipe of a car makes that high-pitched whining sound. And Emily's like, so you're saying that noise is on purpose? And Ezra's like, yeah, I think it's a sad, desperate plea for attention, which I know all about. But I don't know, maybe I'm cranky from lack of sleep. Emily is like too preoccupied to even like acknowledge him. She just like looks off and he eventually walks back inside. The hunt is on. The game is afoot. Mm-hmm. It's got to be hard for Emily. But at the same time, I feel like in the combined, God, like seven years that she's known of Ezra, mm-hmm. much like Arya, she's probably very fond of him, but does not take him seriously for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Some of us have real problems, Emily. Hey, yeah. before we go to the next scene, uh, I need another white Russian here. Not enough vodka in the last one. So uh, we're going to go to the Hastings house. Spencer's on the phone in the kitchen, uh, leaving a message, I guess. She says, Melissa, please just call me the second your plane lands, okay? I really need... I really need to talk to you. Bye. She hangs up. There's a knock at the door. She's like, I'm coming. She goes over and answers the side door. And, oh, it's Toby. Toby making all of the hurt and disappointed Toby faces. He's not even using his hands. He he looks like he's so disappointed, and that disappointment has turned to constipation. <laughs> yes. I really need to use the bathroom, actually. <laughs> Could you just let me in? <laughs> I, I, I need you to stand in the doorway while I yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> My Plus, trailer does not have good plumbing. Plus, you guys have the best toilet paper, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably true. They probably get it imported. Um, so after the commercial, we're from up. where? Like Sweden? <laughs> exactly. It's, Who makes it's, the best toilet paper? Like it's neutral piece toilet paper. It's a lot kinder to your Sweden ass. would maybe be too like utilitarian. I don't know. I don't know France. What's the toilet paper in France? I think they just use like a stick and a rag. Well, like, what is what is like the the, <laughs> the, the, the trouble? The, yeah, <laughs> what is the upscale Italian toilet paper situation? I feel like it's just like a silk like washcloth. There you go. Toby Toby needs one of those fancy weird Japanese like bidet things where like three smiley faces on the on don't the, we all yeah. need those at the yeah. seashells? Just yeah. shoots like multicolored water right up your butthole. Um, so picking up right where we left off after the commercial in the kitchen great room, Spencer's just like. Toby, and he comes marching in, ready to throw down. And he says, "Where is he?" No, that's what I says. Where is he? It's just like Caleb isn't here. Okay, and I know you're upset. He knows her. She's not some faceless, nameless. He flaps his arms. She's not even a candidate. Okay, she didn't choose to put her life under a microscope. I'm picturing the most exaggerated gesture when you say Toby flaps his arms. I, I did it. <laughs> like myself. a flightless just, yeah. bird. <laughs> That's exactly it. The scissor says, I know, but there's just so much about this that you don't know. When the Phillips campaign manager told me it was Caleb that did this, 
I told him that he must have had his wires crossed. I said, there's no way. I told him I know this guy, and I would bet my life that he would never do something like this. I'm glad I didn't take that bet. Yes, Spencer's just shocked at the vigor and the rancor bubbling here in Toblerone, and she's surprised by the perfect timing, of course, of the background. The door opens, and in walks Caleb. And he's like, he sees them, they see each other, and he's like, hey, Toby. (laughs) And like... Toby looks like he's about to have an anger orgasm, and they're going to like settle us with lightsabers on the volcano planet of Mustafar. Uh, so Spencer like wants to be the peacemaker here. And <laughs> Toby's just like, Caleb, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> you're heading down a path I can't follow. Sorry, Toby. It's how it has to be in my new empire. <laughs> oh, can you just picture Toby? Only us Sif deals in absolutes. I don't know who's who in this situation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it gets real confused. Like they're sometimes they're Anakin, sometimes they're Obi Wan, sometimes they're Padme. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Spencer wants to be the peacemaker here, and she's like, "Toby, hey, just let him explain, okay?" And Caleb says, "There's nothing to explain." She that, thought course, you were a friend. I thought you were a friend. This is the true betrayal. Yeah, know? yeah. So like, Caleb, looks <laughs> what like about Spencer. the hearty bruise? <laughs> looks at Spencer, then back at Toby, just not seeming sincere, and he's like, "I'm sorry, she's hurting." So just like Caleb, just tell him. And he's Caleb just says stoic as fuck. Like he's yeah, yeah. he's doing a really good job of looking defiant and not at all like penitent here. He's like he's not going to give himself away. He's, he's taking he's going down in flames for Spencer here, and may have a very stiff neck from having slept in his car. Yeah, and Toby's just like, wow. So you're not even going to deny it was you? No, I can't. And it's just killing Spencer to watch and killing Toby to hear and. He's making all these angry faces, and he finally just grabs Caleb by the shirt lapels, and he screams in his face, and he's like, I want to hear it from you. I want to hear it from your mouth. <laughs> Why did you do that? Why you did this? Doesn't it seem like when he first grabs him, like, even Toby's just like, oh, shit, I almost kissed you. <laughs> like, because he kind of, like, has to, like, oh, I'm a little too close, you know, mm-hmm. like. I wish I could quit you. Um, so Spencer's like trying to pull Toby off. And she's like, Toby, stop, okay? Caleb, tell him. And she pushes Toby back. And Caleb's just like, I did what I had to do. And that that's too much for Toby. He just lays him the fuck out. Just, Bam! Caleb goes down with a blade. Shots heard around the world. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, like, it's full. Like, like Toby puts everything on that punch. Yeah. And uh, Spencer's like, oh, my God. And she rushes over to help Caleb. And He's wiping the blood off his face, and he's doing that, like, smoldering badass look, you, you know, where it's like, like, ooh, I'm just wiping the blood off. And, you know, Spencer's totally turned on right now. Mm-hmm. Toby's shaking his hand. He it hurt his hand. and Caleb's wincing. Spencer's hovering. Toby still won't say, or Caleb still won't say anything. At this point, Toby looks like he's about to cry. Yeah. So he just he's, takes off. He's also disgusted. He marches out of there. Yeah, I want him Well, it's to really just... not even mad. He's just, like, sad. Like, this... He had to hurt his hearty bro because of, you know, notions of honor and whatnot. Like, he's just, he's just so crushed. Well, because he's, you know, he's essentially begging Caleb to, to make sense mm-hmm. of this for him. And Caleb's just spitting in his face. And uh, I wanted, like I said, I wanted Toby to, like, lean over Caleb there on the ground and be like, I loved you the most. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's disgusting. March out. Spencer just rests her forehead against Caleb, who looks like his face really hurts. Yeah. Um. So Lucas is loft. We cut to Emily's up up on a chair, staple gunning some decorations for Hannah's party. And she says, I called the auto shop, but no one answered. So I'm going to go over there. 
wouldn't this be the perfect time for uh, Lucas to walk in? Yeah. Well, he's just be like, hey, I I said he could crash here for a few days. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. You're having a party? Yeah. You're Um, stapling like decorations to the nice wood beams in my uh, loft here. I know. I think. I think Lucas is just like the webcams are going to get a show tonight because mm-hmm. bachelorette parties that always turns into like naked pillow tickle fights. Um, so Hannah's like, and do what? Pretend like you're going to trick out your sedan. Lol. And Emily's <laughs> like, it's not funny, Hannah. Once I can prove that and Melissa borrowed that SUV, I'm telling the police. You saw the message from uh, this morning. We're running out of time. But then a voice calls out from the other room. It's Ashley. She's comes out from what is, we think is probably the bedroom. She has like a tablet that controls all the shit there in the loft. And she's just like, Hannah, can you help me turn on the air? Um, earlier, I tried to use the oven and Beyonce started playing, which I had to LOL because just like that, that semi-recent SNL video, I feel like Lucas is one of those guys who just realized that Beyonce is black. <laughs> you watch SNL? I watch the internet. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Hannah kind of smirks and she's like, I told you, it's all linked up. It's like a smart loft. And Ashley's like, <laughs> smart loft. Yeah, you know, yeah, with well, all those hidden cameras and microphones, it's smart. Yeah. It Ash knows like, what you're doing. <laughs> Ash is like, yeah, well, smart loft, dumb hostess. I need two buttons on and off. It's perfect mom logic. <laughs> so Hannah has a tablet and it's like going through it, trying to find the right control. We see her like opening up climate controls, but that's not right. I really want Hannah to find like toilet cam controls. <laughs> She's like, wait, what? <laughs> this is a bunch of like pictures of buttholes. Um, so while waiting, <laughs> why would anyone want to look at that? No, seriously. Cut to like Lucas somewhere with like a laptop and he like shuts it quickly, like, oh no. (laughs) It's not that I feel violated, it's just why. Now I have to figure out which which is which. (laughs) So while we (laughs) I can't believe I said it. (laughs) Ashley says, so I ran into Caleb today. Bounce go bounce bounce at, at the, the hotel. hotel. <laughs> he said he lost his job. I think Do you know he what happened? Pause after every sentence. It sounds more like a porno. <laughs> then, we, then he asked me, "Who's going to fix the coffee machine?" Mrs. Marin, the uh, shower in the guest bathroom is broken. Do you mind if I use yours? That's why I walked all the way down. Your, that's why I walked all the way down to your office wearing just a towel. Uh, <laughs> so she says, "Do you know what happened?" And Emily in the background is just like registering that this will get awkward. So uh, <laughs> Emily's just like, oh, shit, this again. The, the hair in the back of her neck is sticking up. So Hannah looks like she's going to talk about this, but she's like, not exactly. And she's well, I hope you don't mind, but I offered him the guest room. Every place in town is booked. And Hannah's like, wait, what? Mom, I, I, I do mind. You're going to let him stay in our house? And she kind of scoffs. And she's like, my house and it seemed like he didn't have any place to go and it's like he's an adult not a pound puppy and Ashley's like hannah this is someone you cared about he was a big part of your life hashtag nine hour yeah and hannah's like just a minute you like caleb more than you like jordan just like everybody else <laughs> and she's like what and it's like you've never given jordan a real chance okay you've compared every guy i've dated to caleb and she's like that's crazy why would I compare anyone to the literal best boyfriend in all of Rosewood? Yeah. Uh, and in the background, Emily's like trying to melt into the wall like a T-1000 <laughs> right now. She's just like, oh, God. And as she says, I think Jordan is great. And Hannah is just like totally unconvinced. And Ashley's like, I just don't know him as well as I know Caleb. And Hannah says, yeah, well, how could you? You don't try to spend time with him. Emily's just peacing out now. She's heading for the door. And Ashley says, I have invited you both back here on multiple occasions. 
Also, I have no idea what he's even saying when he talks. <laughs> he's <laughs> come with subtitles. Yeah. You know, forget it. I don't, I don't want to talk about this. And Emily's just like, hey, Han, uh, I'll see you later, okay? And Han's just like, yeah. And Emily goes. She's out there. Emily pops back in to be like, you know, I actually preferred it when people were just making out in front of me. <laughs> uh, so, Ashley uh, is basically just getting ignored by Hannah. So she goes back to the remote. Um, we see a little bit of regret blossom, I think, like when Ashley looks away. Like maybe Hannah is like, oh, that was shitty. Yeah. Uh, and then speaking of best boyfriend. Yeah, so Caleb and Spencer cut to a park bench in downtown Rosewood because mm-hmm. that's where they have to go. So Spencer and Caleb can like commiserate as she tries to well, this is, cut his lip. She needs to no. let the whole town know, like, number one, this is my territory. Number two, this is my man. Everybody else back to fuck off. Like she's peeing on Caleb here in public for everyone else's. <laughs> Plus, she he's just that. That level of not allowed in her house. Like, mm-hmm. you can't even bleed on her floors. <laughs> uh, well, Caleb, he's doing that thing that bros do where they, like, pretend to be annoyed at, like, the womanly fussing over their injuries. When yeah. secretly this is, like, a top five all-time fantasy. Well, and and the end of the scene saves it. Because at first I was like, no, I don't want to see Spencer cleaning up, like, her hurt boyfriend. I always like it when it's, like, Ren is, like, having to stitch up Spencer <laughs> because she's the action hero. But they, they do save it by the end. So she's just. Well, like, I really oh. wanted Kayla to just be like, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> Pain don't hurt. Yeah. So uh, Spencer's like, hold still. Do you want me to do this or not? And he's like, not. I keep saying not. And you keep ignoring me. Because we know it's a lie, Caleb. He's got like blood on his shirt, by the way. And she's like, hold still. So she like wipes a, a, a little more away. And I kept thinking like, he's going to get real lucky getting a room now when he walks into like a <laughs> hotel with like blood stains on his shirt. And she's like, you should just tell him the truth. And he says, just gonna make things worse and she's like how how could it possibly make things any worse he's like what do you want to do do you want to like waltz into rosa pd and tell him to slap cuffs on the girl with no hands no hands so it's like she has hands and yes if i was sure that it was sarah harvey was behind all this but she shut her spy hole and she's left town he's like wait you don't think it's her and she's like i don't know maybe somebody's helping her but whoever it is they're getting impatient because if we don't give them the killer in the next couple of days, then, and he shakes his head at that, don't, I'm not going to let anybody hurt you. But Spencer's got to be Spencer. And she says, it's kind of hard for me to take comfort from that when you still have blood coming out of your nose. <laughs> he laughs, he wipes his nose, and she's like, come here. And she's holding his cheek, using another tissue to clean him up some more. He's kind of like rubbing her arm softly now as she does it. And this is the point where I'm screaming at the TV, like, lick it, lick the blood. <laughs> Well, their chemistry is so intense that it'll like blow up the lab. Mm-hmm. And Caleb's you know, Spencer like, wants to. Oh yeah, she yeah. wants to taste it. I I don't even want to think about where Spencer's like like comfort level and expositionism is, but but uh, Caleb's like, I'd rather have Toby hate me now than blame me later, you know. And she's like, I know. And then she licks his nose. She's just so all in on Caleb. I I don't see how you break these two up right now. And have him go back to Hannah without Spencer just being like epically heartbroken by this yeah. point, you know? Well, I think that in that scenario, yeah, it's always going to be Spencer who gets heartbroken because mm-hmm. she either gets heartbroken because she she lost Caleb and maybe part of her thinks Caleb should have been of Hannah, or she gets heartbroken because what is she going to settle for? Toby? Fuck mm-hmm. off. That's horrible. He put her in a mental asylum. 
Um, so at a table in the Radley Lobby Bar, we see Ari and Liam are having a fancy meal together with maybe orange juice, maybe mimosas. I think he's, those are mimosas. He's wearing a tie. In my fanfic, those are mimosas. There you go. And she says, you did not have to do all this. I would have been fine just eating leftovers from the wedding. Which I thought, to be fair, he just ordered the food. It's not like he slaved over hockey or anything he's Um, taking her out or whatever yeah yeah so he's like no that's what an expense account is for taking my girlfriend out for porcini for a porcini omelet and billion as lunch with a client (laughs) (laughs) he's like don't worry i'm not paying for it yeah (laughs) and she's like well it's funny because that may not be as big as lies you think and he's just like oh and he sets his glass down hey let me let me just throw something in i don't know if we discussed this yet do they live together that's a great question. I, I don't know that she think has they a small do. apartment. No, I don't think so. They have a small apartment. I feel like this relationship is not necessarily new, but like they have not reached, you know, a level of intimacy that they probably have like toothbrush level, you know. Um, Maybe I, I, I guess from the con- from the comments about you didn't have to do this and whatnot, they're probably right at that part in the relationship where he doesn't have to take her out to fancy places all the time anymore. Right. And so this is like slightly a novelty, mm-hmm. I, I guess. I don't know. I I don't think that she's reached ugh, the level of intimacy that she had so quickly with Ezra. Yes. Because, I think I think Arya's because they're soulmates. Slow. Hashtag Ezra. No, yeah. <laughs> but they are. In the grossest way possible. <laughs> but like, I think uh, she's taking this one slow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she's like, Ezra. God, this is going to be a three-hour podcast, by the way. <laughs> called Jillian to try to get me off the hook and ended up asking for me to be his co-author. And Liam's like, whoa. whoa. And she's <laughs> she's like, yeah. I mean, obviously, I had no idea he was going to do that. He obviously. He was, he was obviously. That. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, he did. It wasn't an accident. He didn't fall off a bicycle. He made a decision. I love that. He's just like, no bullshit. And Arya manages to look like offended wounded like indignant maybe a little guilty too well it's like it's like somehow liam loses because he's the one who registers dislike with this mm-hmm. and so he has to backpedal he, he senses he fucked up there yeah you know and he says hey i'm sorry this is a great opportunity and i'm really happy for you and she kind of like like you know visibly sags like relieved that he's cool with this and he's like you're, you're gonna be a published author that's amazing and she's kind of forcing a smile but still grimacing underneath it so I mean Liam, he's he's he knows what's going on. Oh yeah, he's he backpedaled because he had to. But uh, I don't know, being a good guy or is this guy a like he's pretty observant. Um, I feel like maybe he's just the guy who is just gonna get shit all over eventually. The thing, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's most likely <laughs> him and Jordan. Yeah, maybe even literally. Um, with like an emoji, but like uh. uh I feel like Liam, like, he's not, like, the thrilling, wonderful, I want this guy to be a choice, but, you know, it would be a much more satisfying scene than, like, if it, if it was Jordan. Well, I think you could look back and say, hey, Liam is actually pretty perceptive, and, like, he definitely knows what's going on, whereas with Jordan, it's like, whatever, nobody cares. Well, he you shows don't, don't up. know what he's saying. Yeah. He shows up at the convenient times. He's mm-hmm. absent at the convenient times. Uh, but yeah, Arya smiles, and I think she has to be pondering now, too, uh, whether <laughs> she likes or not, if Arya, Ezra has ulterior motives. Yeah, Liam also uh, is, like, somehow styling himself just like Ezra now, too. I mean, that's got to be a little suspicious. Well, he's he's the new Ezra, and Ezra's the new Byron, and mm-hmm. I don't know from there. Um, so at the brew, 
Spencer's like picking up a to go order, like behind her, the door closes and suddenly Mona's behind her. Yes. And she's like, is this your way of thanking me? Mona's pissed. And Spencer turns her face, her like, sorry. And Mona is just like the leak about Yvonne. Spencer's like, okay, Caleb and I had nothing to do with that. And Spencer, Mona's face is just like likely story. Oh, just nodding very sarcastically. And Spencer says, well, how do I know that you didn't do it? I mean, accusing other people of something that you've done, that kind of has a vintage Mono quality about it, LOL. <laughs> Mono's like, unbelievable. I genuinely do something good and end up paying for it. Because of the leak, the Phillips team has gone through everything with a fine-tooth comb. My gift of your mom's medical records was discovered. I've been fired. My credibility is shot. My future jeopardized, and now the one person who should be kissing my feet and then kissing the rest of me is here accusing me of screwing her. Goddamn right, Mona. Yeah. Uh, she's furious. She stomps out. Spencer acts like she could not possibly locate a spare fuck to give right now. She's just like, eh, whatever. Uh, the liars are so mean to poor Mona. Such ingratitude. After well, all the time she saved your life. So, yeah, Mona, Mona bounces before Spencer can say anything. And Spencer has her mouth open like she was going to respond. And then she's like, I feel like silently she's like, ah, nah, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so <clears throat> I saw that Troy had just retweeted something from somebody who was talking about, like, after Spoby, after Spalab, you know, I don't care. I'm Team Spencer. With all of the liars, I don't ever consider, like, you know, a significant other is there. They're sailing off into the sunset moment. But Mona is the one person on the show where it's like, I genuinely want her to find love. Even Seriously. if it's just love of herself, but really with somebody else. Well, it's like they're still treating her like total dog shit. Like she's just been trying to be nice to them and be their friend the past like seven episodes. And there's like, ah, fuck Mona. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Ari's living room. There's Ari and Ezra working. Ezra comes back over the couch where they're having like a, a, I wrote jaw session in my notes, but that seems weird now. Um, so like <laughs> she's like sitting on the laptop, like with her like, laptop in her lap, like her legs curled up beside her. I should and, mention this is exactly how you and me get when we write together. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Although we don't hold our laptops like Ezra does, you fucking monster. I'm a fucking weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> real sick character here. Uh, so he's just like, yeah, she's a powerful character. And Thank you. Like, Thank you. And he's like, oh, I, I really like what you did. Uh, the end of chapter five, the passage. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I love the section here about the bridge. Do you actually think it works? I was trying to make it a metaphor for. Yeah, no, I, it's great. I, I totally got it. Great. Oh, um, I had a few thoughts this morning. Let's see this. Uh, and he like takes the laptop from her and he's like he holds it like like. So the screen is basically on his junk. Well, he the- holds it basically. So that the keyboard is, like, flush with his chest. Right, right. Like, typing, like, sideways, like a weirdo. Like, so the keyboard is, like, yeah, where you would almost have, like, your thug life tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and he's just, like, I don't know, it's this weird, like, chin on his, like, chest looking down. It's going through laughter or whatever, and he's just, like, uh, oh, I'd love to talk to you about the, uh, oh, now if I could just find them. Well, Aria, meanwhile, she's just been watching him, feeling that nagging uneasiness, and she's, like... I think this is a bingo question. Ezra. And it's like he's actively avoiding her. Like, well, like focusing he's, hard on that computer. Wait, I feel like he's also like, I better think up some bullshit real quick. Yeah. Why do you want me to write with you? I, I mean, this would be huge for me. And, and it's not that I don't think my work is good. I just, I have to ask because, you know, well, I do. 
God, I love uh, that. I love that line. That's like such a just perfect, perfect line from Maya Goldsmith there. And Lucy, she's so good here. Like, I mean, the writing's on point. This is basically like the Gryffindor side of Arya here right now. Like, she mm-hmm. she knows something's up. She's got to at least put a fig leaf on it. She's got to say something. Yeah. Ezra's like, well, uh, Nicole's voice was um, taken away, and I want to give it back. And then we see the rare sympathetic eye narrow from Arya. She says, but I didn't know her. I know. That's why I need you. Because I would spend the whole time spinning in place trying to be faithful to reality. And you're not tied down by that. <laughs> he just told Arya she's not tied down by reality. And she's <laughs> nodding her head like, yeah, basically. Yeah, she's like, yeah, that's that's true. Reality falls away from me like the raindrops. Um, well, this is like an insidious rationalization from Ezra. It doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. Nope. But it has a whiff of truthiness to it. And it's well, like, what are you going to, the, the man is grieving. What are you going to say to that? You know? Yeah, I mean, number one. He's told her that she's not bound by the realistic, and he meant that as a compliment. <clears throat> Two, he's basically saying, I need you to either A, be my assistant, or I need you to be the, the not you, but the stand-in for another mm-hmm. dead girl, as you once were for me before with Allison. Thank you. And three, I can't wait until we get to see the brainstorming session where Arya's like, it needs more femicide rising. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, what so does Ezra say? He says, I know it's a lot to ask, but could you please help me with this? Of course. And there's a hard knock, knock, knock at the door. Uh, it keeps knocking, so she's like, ah, she gets up to answer. It's fucking Tanner. Yeah. Tanner just like raising sassy eyebrows at her. And- well, Tanner's, Tanner's in, the, in her own TV show, which I'm sure is fucking thrilling, because she's like, it's okay. I've never enjoyed the feeling of deja vu myself. Yeah. In the background, Ezra has to stand up, like be like, a little, be a little like, alpha here. Yeah, a little authoritarian, Lieutenant. And she says, "Would it be possible for me to speak to Miss Montgomery alone?" Something wrong. That's kind of an open-ended question, don't you think? And this is where Ezra needed to be like, actually, no, that was, that was literally a yes or no question. Uh, and Arya kind of looks back at him and basically just like gives him the nod, like, "Hey, get lost." And so he heads into the kitchen or something, and she says, what are you doing here? And Tanner says, I have an eyewitness from the Two Crows Diner. They saw the person who called De, De Laurentiis on the night of Charlotte's murder. All right, he's like, okay, what does that have to do with me? Tanner says, well, maybe nothing, but you fit the description, and I'd like you to come in for a lineup. Because Tanner's, I guess, never heard of photos before. Right. Uh, Arya is, like, she's she's not about getting pushed around right now. Like, she already slid one pa- one murder past the goalie here. She's like, I gave you my statement. I didn't leave the hotel that night. And I'd never been to the Two Crows Diner. Tanner's like, good. That will give us a chance to eliminate you as a suspect. And Ari's just like, ah, fuck. Well, like, I, I love this, like, the second time in 6B Alone, where one of the liars tries to get sassy of Tanner and basically just, like, logically walks right into her trap. <laughs> also, what... What all came out, like, you know, the after the reveal of Charlotte and post-Dollhouse and post, you know, Radley and Game Over, like, were they ever just like, hmm, Shauna Fring, still unsolved. <laughs> <laughs> we may never find out who killed that person, though it was probably Arya. <laughs> Arya's like, who was that? Hmm, don't remember. Yeah. So, after the commercial, oh yeah, Arya is in a police lineup. 
Uh, it just feels inevitable. Yeah. And we hear Tanner on the speaker say, come forward, number three, please step forward. So we see number three does. Um, all these chicks, like, none of them look even remotely like Arya, except for maybe number five because of the hair. Mm. Um, I mean, like, I don't know where they found these people. Uh, and so number five goes up and back, and then Tanner says, return to the line. Number four, step forward. Mm. So Arya goes forward. She's got her head down. She's very much trying to look innocent, kind of like her, like, pose in the credits. Yeah. Like in behind the coffin. And Tanner's like, head up, please, face forward. Mm-hmm. So Arya does, just like dripping with like sullen scorn for Tanner here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get like her angle on it. The window into the room's a one way mirror, so she just sees her own reflection here. And then it's like number four, return to the line. So she backs up very quickly, retreats. Um, so I think this is a good time to bring it up. Could Arya have a twin? Cacophony spotted, Montgomery? Cacophony Montgomery spotted in two places at once. God, I would love it if the show went there. Uh, so then, meanwhile, in Sons of Anarchy, well, I was—I—I uh, I actually saw on Instagram like the actress who plays uh, number three, like posted her thing about like this was her. Uh, I mean, she didn't really—I don't remember what the caption was. was <laughs> She's like Lucy Hale is terrifying. <laughs> also, there's a disembodied pig voice that follows her around, and <laughs> says menacing things to us. Um, so yeah, meanwhile, in Sons of Anarchy at night. Uh, Emily steps into this garage where they should have totally been playing. She's got legs by ZZ top. Seriously. There's some kind of like just shitty garage. Like it's just some sort of heavy metal thing. Boy, the, the line from the song is going to make you sweat. Going to make you scream. Going to make you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which Uh, tells you all about this place. Yeah. There's a bunch of dudes with like skull caps and headbands. It's like randomly like an Asian dude. Yeah, are they are they gnarly, rough looking bikers, or are they like you know this week and the other week in L.A. that they play like Vikings in the <laughs> background? Yeah, they they all look very mean and intimidating as Emily's walking in in her like wizard dress here. Um, they're like drinking beers, they're shooting the shit, and they notice Emily, and they're just openly scowling at her. And the one guy in the back, he kind of nods at another one of them. And uh, this woman turns around. Uh, her name tag reads Patty here. Because she is the garage version of Patty Smith. There you go. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Emily kind of gathers her courage and walks over to her and she says, hi, Um, I was wondering if anyone recently brought in a dark gray SUV into the shop. Uh, maybe someone looking to get their muffler. And Patty's just like, can't help you. No, she says, can't help you. Yeah, she's got a gravelly, like, uh, like 10,000 million cigarettes voice. And Emily says, okay, does that mean they haven't? Or and It means I, that I can't help you. Well, and she leans in all intimidating and then just walks off. Yeah. Uh, I think it, Patty thinks she's just going to scare Emily off here. But sure. uh, this is a liar. She doesn't scare it that easily. Yeah. Uh, so then we're back to the police station. Ari comes out the front entrance. She makes it all the way to the sidewalk for like something dawns on her and she looks back at the station her eyes narrow eyes narrow mm-hmm. eyes eyes narrow ding number one in a 30 second time period yeah and then she walks around like the side to like the back entrance she's kind of like behind some bushes and she's watching like the back exit here as we see uh, a door open we hear a door open and we, a cop says thank you for your help You're and welcome. then our <laughs> Or you can see someone with short platinum blonde hair walking out the back door through the bushes. And it's like you can't really see the face unless you freeze frame it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we're supposed to think this is Sarah Harvey, obviously. 
if you pause and see the face, it's definitely not Sarah Harvey. Right. Um, I've seen Spencer and Liam theorize for this because they have kind you of know, a large nose. So I've seen all the people who've either talked about online or have contacted us to say, like, don't you really think it was a man? And I thought, uh, you know, I got a, a very feminine vibe from it. I know that's hard to read from these bushes or through these bushes mm-hmm. and everything. But I feel like it's one thing if, like, in the distance I dress up like red coat or something to throw <laughs> a suspicion on somebody or I dress up like the uh, whatever the thing on the, the ghost train. But it's like for me to go into the police station <laughs> – dressed as a woman oh i have a lot of reasons why this isn't sarah harvey um first of all if it is tanner's a fucking moron yeah like oh person of interest in murder oh you have an eyewitness account yeah please give it to me i'll take that incredibly um i i suspect this is just a stand-in personally oh yeah well i i I mean possibly for you know the twin or whatever um and for all we know this has nothing to do yeah argus case I mean, maybe it was Sarah Harvey and Tanner's just like so bitchy that she pulled in Arya for no real reason at all, just to fuck with her and see if she cracked or something. But ding, we get the second of two patented Arya eye narrows in like mm. a fifteen second moment. I mean, you make the shishery narrow her eyes twice in that short a time period. You better watch out. I wish we could pick one of the random upcoming episodes and just like have you take a shot of one fifty one every time Arya air eye narrows. Oh God, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be in a hospital, and then Ezra have to show up and take care of you. Oh, um, <laughs> just, just kill me, just kill me now. <laughs> so at the garage later, it's seemingly empty. Emily's like let herself in, is sneaking around. She, I love like I love PLL because there is like a certain framing, and I think sometimes it's because of their limitations. But like they don't have to do like establishing stuff and like setups like other shows might. It's just like we're back in the garage and here's Emily. She's just there. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they can do so much with like off screen sound effects and things. But Well, and here's like the real travesty in this shot is the uh the cherry red El Camino mm-hmm. that she walks past. I mean, that's just that's horrifying. Yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you waste your time on that? Uh yeah, there's a the car in the foreground has a big cover on it. It's a big, big car, big beige cover over it, and Emily kind of walks over to it, like, oh, what's this? And she pulls off the cover and like, oh, it's a black SUV and there's beige paint on the bumper, like from where it would have hit the uh, like metal container thing. Yeah. So she gets out her phone to website gram it, takes a picture or two. And then like suddenly behind her, like Patty's there all of a sudden. She's like, what in the hell are you think you're doing here? And he's like, um... Because she just pooped her pants. She's like, oh, th- this is the truck I was asking you about. You know, d- Do you know who drove this last night? And Patty's like, maybe I lent it to your friend. I can't remember. And some of those other mechanic dudes are kind of drifting over now behind Patty. And Emily says, okay, um, does this happen to be your friend? <laughs> she just holds up a photo of Melissa Hastings. What is this, like, Melissa's, like, passport photo? I think it's... the liars carry around headshots of all the shady people in her life. Like, so they can uh, just be like, hey, is this her? Like those shots when you like you see of the writer's room where they mm-hmm. have like all of the headshots of the various cast and stuff. Well, it's like Melissa. She's got her kind of like short, like Aria hair. Yeah. And she's in a trench coat. I love that. I love that she just has that on her phone. Yeah. Uh, so Patty kind of looks down and sighs a little and she kind of lowers her voice. Just, That's not her. And then she looks back over her shoulder and she's like, you need to go. 
Um, so this is actually slightly a clever misdirect here, as we're going to see later in the episode, because she's acting like, oh, no, I can't talk to you around these other dudes. Mm-hmm. But we're going to find out for different reasons later. Yeah, so Emily Skedaddle is right out of there. Uh, back at the Rosewood PD station, Arya comes marching right as the officer Tanner is. And, like, Tanner's getting something from another cop who leaves. And Tanner's just like, thank you. Miss Montgomery, did you forget something? And Arya comes in closer and she's like, is your eyewitness Sarah Harvey? <laughs> because seriously, if it is, you're a terrible cop. Yeah. And Tanner's like, we don't reveal the identity witnesses. Otherwise, people would be scared to speak up. And Arya's like, oh, I'm sure she couldn't wait. The person that you should be questioning was on your side of the glass. Mm-hmm. The phone rings and Tanner puts up the finger. You know, she answers the phone. She's like, just a minute. Yes. Lieutenant Tanner. Yeah. Give me that name again. I think we had him on lockup March of last year. And Arya sees some like paperwork there on the desk, you know, under her folder, and she, well, what she sees, talks about eyewitnesses. What she sees is the homicide file, and then underneath it is witness statement. Yeah. And Arya's like, ooh. So, thinking fast, Arya just, like, knocks over the coffee cup there on the folder accidentally. Oh, because Tanner took her eyes off Arya. That's a big mistake. Yeah. You don't do that to the shisher. And Arya's just like, oh, 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 I'm got it. So sorry. Um, so Tanner and I are both like dabbing at the coffee with like tissues and Tanner like moves the folder away while talking on the phone. So Arya starts like looking at the paperwork, reading it. And Tanner's like, let me check this. I believe we had him on a DV, but I'll have to check. And so Arya kind of reads and like the highlighted parts are eyewitness saw attractive brunette making a phone call. That's kind of Arya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also highlighted on edge, jiggling car keys. Also highlighted had a keychain of pink dice. <laughs> and uh, so Tanner's like I'll have one of my guys call you back okay okay yeah, yeah okay okay so she hangs up and she faces Arya again and she's like now would you like to fill out the complaint form and Arya's and this like straight pisses Arya off now yeah she's like a complaint form five years ago you found me underground I would just think that after everything that's happened you would take what I say seriously Tanner's well Tanner's like, like raising her eyebrows at her like oh whatever you know well she's not going to be outbitched by like Arya and she's like I do I take every accusation seriously. Doesn't mean I have to act on it right away. This is where Arya needs to be like, that is exactly your fucking problem, Tanner. Not all accusations hold the same weight. Yeah. Uh, and she it, says, and because because of that, you are free to go. And Arya is just so offended and marches out of there. Well, implying that uh, the witness did finger Arya, basically. Yeah. Man, Rosewood has the worst fucking cops. Well, it's very weird because I thought we got the impression that Tanner had just come back to town. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like I'm, I'm like, is this call like from state police business not related yeah, to Rosewood? Knows? Like, what the fuck is happening here? Well, um, I gotta, gotta hand it to Detective Ari here. When she wants something, she's pretty fucking smooth. Yeah, I and it kind of takes me away from my love of Tanner a little bit because I like, I like the Tanner who like she's a good detective. She knows what's going on, but most importantly, she knows when these assholes are lying to her. Because that's usually what should be, I think, the issue with our characters and, like, the cops. But there's, there should be no way she would ever trust Sarah Harvey, basically. That's where, yeah. like, the disconnect comes in. Well, when somebody had asked us, like, wait, I thought Tanner was, like, a dirty cop. And it was like, no, that was Mona's supposition. Mm-hmm. Game over Charles. I don't think we ever saw anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verified that. So after the commercial. That was just a misdirect for Sarah Harvey later on. Yeah, after the commercial, we're at Hannah's party at Lucas's loft. God, it's I miss like, Sarah Harvey. It's the next day, seriously. I know, I miss me too. Um, music's playing. It's kind of like intense, like like music for a bachelorette party. We actually uh, we got to mention she's got like a little ribbon button on that says "Mother of the Bride." Yeah, which I mean, you know, Hannah's our only child. You gotta give Ashley her moment here. Well, especially since she's, Hannah, she's been thinking about this for a long time. 
especially since Hannah's been away, like mm-hmm. in the Big Apple. Uh, so we, you know, pan over some hors d'oeuvres and a delicious looking cake. Pass all these girls drink drinking alcohol who Hannah doesn't seem to give a fuck about. <laughs> and there's Hannah and Ari and Emily all holding I, booze. I love the shot of them all holding booze. Uh, Hannah's got champagne. Ari's got a Cosmo. Emily has a gigantic glass of white wine. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like every time we cut back to Emily, that the, just the glass itself gets bigger. <laughs> Emily's like, I don't get it. If Sarah was framing us, then why, why were you free to go? And Ari's like, well, maybe that's what Tanner meant when she said the police don't always act on every accusation right away. Which, like, did Arya just get that or is she having to spell it out for Emily? I think she's spelling it out for the audience. So, wouldn't, this, wouldn't this be the perfect time for Lucas to come home? Because he's he's been watching on video and he's like, oh, a bunch of hot chicks at my place right now. No, no, no. Hot tipsy chicks. Oh, Lucas just like, yeah, I did all the decorating myself. With a designer, of course. That's a vintage 12-inch Bane action figure over there. <laughs> And it has seen some things, <laughs> let me tell you. But of course. <laughs> so Hannah's like, so all we can do is wait for the other shoe to drop. And then meanwhile, Hannah's top. Like, well, we got to talk about all the outfits here. Hannah's top is super booby. Hannah is wearing basically what I think you could only wear at a bachelorette party. It's some sort of uh, uh, sleeveless, like strapless. It's wedding. It's like white laceish over like a black. It's kind of like a corset, like dress thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would wear this unless you were the bride at a bachelor part, bachelorette party. Well, like, I, like I can't think of any other. Like you wouldn't wear this in public. It's it's too wedding ish, but it's not something you'd wear as a bride. It's like a little too saucy. It looks like a like a sexy arts and crafts project that they sculpted onto her body. I mean, it looks like a like stripper version of a bride's dress or something. Like you would only wear this at a bachelorette party. Uh, Arya is. Oh, in... I don't know. I mean, if you would wear a kimono to a police interview, that's true. <laughs> Arya is wearing a uh, just like a a three quarter sleeve black shirt. Uh, it's an interesting look for Arya. It's very artsy, you know. Uh, Emily is like in some like loose flowing like army drab thing. I don't know. I don't know what she's well, doing there. How would you describe Arya's skirt? Uh, I can't see it in the shot I'm looking at right now. It's like kind of like mauve, though. But it, like it has a weird bottom. Like it looks like an upside down like tulip or something. Mm. I don't know. It's like when she's sitting down and it, like it looks like I don't know. It's very bizarre the way like her legs kind of spill out of it. <laughs> um, so Ashley comes over from mother the bride ribbon and she's just like Hannah, you can't neglect your other guests. Why don't you lead the group in some icebreakers? And Hannah's like, Sure, as soon as Spencer gets here. And she's like, well, where is she? And Hannah and the other girls all just look away. And drink their booze. Yeah. And Ashley's just like, you bitches are assholes. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Spencer's house. She's coming down the stairs of the great room. Oh. Classic. If she's coming down these stairs, something bad is waiting for her. Yeah, fresh new hell. We should mention that last shot. There were a bunch of other just like random fashion chicks from New York City milling around. They're like, we don't know. I know you noticed the mysterious redhead. Yeah, because there's a shot where she's right be- ne- right next to uh, Ashley Marin, mm-hmm. and you're like, is that her twin? <laughs> is that her other daughter? Um, Ashley's just like, I'm going to live vicariously through you, Red. Yeah. How exactly does Hannah have blonde hair? Just saying. Um, so, yeah, what fresh new hell is Spencer Hastings going to find at the kitchen island? Oh, it's Peter Hastings. He doesn't even look back at her. He's like on his computer right now. Yeah. And it's just like, nice to see how much you take our little chest to heart. Spencer's like, what? And he's like, yeah, less than 24 hours after my request, Caleb's in the house. 
Spencer's like, Dad, he, he had to get some clothes. And how did you even? And he's just like, then a park bench, right? Because he totally has like a PI following her around or something. And Spencer doesn't even question it at this point. She's just like, whatever. Obviously, you're watching me. What, what I, I like is that it, it's not like it was less than 24 hours, Peter. It was like two and a half hours later. Yeah. I love how he doesn't even really turn around to talk to her. He's just like, like, uh, like surfing the internet or something. It's like a word file open in front yeah, of Yeah, Spencer's like, you cannot just ask me to cut this person out of my life. And he finally turns around from his computer. He's like, do I look like I'm asking? And Spencer's horrified by her father as usual here. Yeah, well, so, yeah, and he, he kind of realizes he needs to dial back a little bit. So he gets up, like, pats her on the shoulder. And he's like, ah, Spence, listen, I, I know how painful this is. And maybe Caleb had good intentions, but his actions prove that he doesn't share the same value system as his family. Which... <laughs> Like, Spencer's it, like, oh my god. Well, like, it's like, this Caleb kid, he's a Stark, and we're like Lannister Garians all the way. <laughs> Spencer's like, lol, lol, to infinity at the thought of Hastings family values. Maybe Peter's just like, Spencer, Hastings doesn't get caught. Yeah. <laughs> Who does oh this son god. of a bitch think he is? If Veronica loses the election... Could the Hastings storyline in season seven be that they have like a reality show called Hastings Family Values? It's just the Red Wedding. <laughs> Every episode. Yeah. Spencer's like, can you really look at me and say that with a straight face? You're protecting her. She killed someone and you shuttled her off to Europe. What kind of value system is that? That's Hastings Family Values right there. You keep your shit on lock. You don't let it out of the house. Well, he says she didn't kill anyone this time. She was being blackmailed. And he kind of comes over the island, like realizing he just gave away too much. And Spencer's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, right before Charlotte's hearing, your sister started getting threatening messages. Someone claimed to have her on tape confessing the bearing Bethany. So I know there's a little confusion on this scene. Melissa definitely like helped out in the killing of Bethany Young. He's saying she didn't kill Charlotte. Yeah, basically, yeah. he's just like Bethany. Water under the bridge. We don't talk about it anymore. Yeah. You know, like she didn't kill Charlotte. <laughs> I want, I want Peter to like shrug and be like, "Statue limitations." Yeah. I'm a lawyer. Well, can I just say once again, the castings of the Hastings family is so fucking perfect. I mean, like each and every one of them just is perfectly like these. It's like this is obviously a family. They they fit together. You definitely see where everyone gets their little ticks from it. Oh, God, I love it. Well, that's that's why I, I almost feel like of all the jokes we make, Hastings and Hastings and Hastings and Hastings. Like, oh, my God, that show would most, be amazing. Well, I mean, it's like this is where like you you would rival like Shondaland. <laughs> exactly. Um, God damn, that show would be amazing. Talk about like like gladiators and privateers and suits and whatever. But uh um, so she's like, that can't be true, Dad. And I feel like Spencer is like, I, Peter probably doesn't even know about the tape, <laughs> which in in retrospect, Melissa, rookie move. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so yeah, like, like make that self destruct or something. You should just Snapchat that to your sister. Mm -hmm. Um, so Peter was like, she was told to drop off money at or disclosed location, or the video would be released. That's why she came back to Rosewood in secret. And Spencer's like, well, who was blackmailing her? And Peter says, she doesn't know. But she dropped off the money and just hoped everything would go away. Then Charlotte turned up dead. I'm like reading these lines and it feels like comical. Um, <laughs> Spencer's like, okay, so then why flee? You said that she had nothing to do with it. Peter's just like, she got spooked, Spence. Spencer's like, why didn't you tell her to go to the police? And he's like, I was scared. Okay, I was scared that 
like you, they would think she was guilty of more than just being... And then cut to Arya saying, blackmailed at the party. Uh, do you? Do we really believe that? Oh, well. Because uh, uh, Spencer's filled the girls in. Arya's calling bullshit here. Well, I mean, just got to say, again, five years later, Spencer is still trying to understand the absolutely beguiling cloak and dagger actions and motives of her sister through her father. Peter Hastings is like, just like, look, if you had come to me with this A bullshit years ago, I'd have a few more holes to, to bury in my, my garden. That would be the end of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the Hastings way. You just go to Peter. You're like, hey, I might have murdered someone. Help me out. And it all goes away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the one joke we had? Spencer, I wouldn't kill somebody for you. <laughs> I would kill a lot of people for you. <laughs> yeah, That's that how was... I do it. That was the dearly departed. Um, oh, I can only think of them called. That's who Aria. What was their name? PLL annotations. PLL annotations. God, they were good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah we miss them. Yes, we do. Uh, so back to the party only says, well, even if it is true, isn't that more of a reason Melissa would have wanted Charlotte dead? Spencer says, yeah, but Charlotte was on lockdown when Melissa made her first payment. And Hannah says, so what are you saying? And Spencer says, so the person who's threatening us is probably the same person who is blackmailing my sister. Hannah says, well, I don't think it was Melissa who borrowed that SUV. I mean, I looked at that the pictures. One look at that crowd and her Argyle socks would have blown off. <laughs> I like that. I don't think it's that Melissa would have been shocked to run with that crowd, like patting her crowd. It's that Melissa doesn't drive through that neighborhood of Rosewood. <laughs> She wouldn't do the driving herself, I don't think. No. Hell no. Yeah. So uh, Emily says, which leaves us with nothing. And Ari's like, no, there's the eyewitness report. And Emily's like, a hot brawn of the cheesy keychain? That's like half this party. <laughs> oh, she's just killing it here. Emily's got like, I got zingers this episode, yo. Mm-hmm. And Hannah just rolls her eyes. And in the background, we see Ashley's kind of like tapping a knife against her champagne glass to get everyone's attention. She's like, ladies... If you could all move to the sofa, uh, sweetie, I thought you could open your presents now. And Hannah looks back at the girls and she's like, if any of you guys got me some kind of toy, you're dead. So and they all smile, except for Spencer, who definitely got her a vibrator. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a knock at the door. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, oh, who's that? And she answers, it is a smiling, lovely Mona Vanderwall holding up a gift. Hooray. She's like, congratulations, Han. And she, Hannah is kind of taken aback, but she take, she accepts the gift. And Mona's just like, I just wanted to drop that off. I figured you'd get a kick out of it. And she laughs. And the other three liars are looking on with just like maximum bitch, bitch face right now. Why are you girls so mean to Mona? Mm-hmm. Hannah opens a box and Mona says, remember that summer before eighth grade? We didn't know each other. Yeah. We were all set to have double weddings. And we see there's like a an old scrapbook in the box here. It's like pink construction paper. There's little heart cutout photos of Hannah and Mona with like, you know, like initials like MV plus JT and HM plus MD. And like it says wedding dream book. It's totally cheesy. You know, it's the kind of thing. Eighth grade. Eighth yeah, it's make. like eighth grade pre Pinterest arts and crafts fantasy shit. Mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of people freaked out about the timeline here. I feel like I could bullshit really easily some kind of scenario where these girls were together one afternoon and made this. And of course, why would they Mona know would- each other? 
Uh, because I think the thing was that that Hannah and Moan didn't become friends until after Allison disappeared, which was they might have been friends in eighth grade, and then Allison just kind of drew Hannah away. Well, that's that's what I think. I mean, basically, what you're looking at here is they spent an afternoon together with yeah. some scissors and glue. So that's not that hard to figure out. Yeah, and Mona says I was going to marry Justin Timberlake, and you were going to tie the knot with Matt Damon. And Hannah's just like, wow, I can't can't believe you still have this. And barely even manages a smile here. Um, and Ashley walks up, and she's looking at the book. And Ashley's just like, that's so thoughtful of you, Mona. Mm-hmm. And Mona smiles. She's a little nervous. Hannah's being a bitch and avoiding eye contact. So Ashley's just like, yeah, not, not that's not going to fly. She says, why don't you come in for a drink? Hannah was just about to open more gifts. And Arya in the background is like scowling at Mona right Whoa. now. Yeah, Emily and Spencer are exchanging looks, but Arya is just like staring down, like like Ahab shooting shitty glances at the whale. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mona's like, "Well, I don't want to intrude, but sure." And she scoots in. <laughs> I love how she owns that. She's just like, "Yeah, I'm coming in. I can tell I'm not welcome, but fuck it." And like Hannah's eyes are just like, "Fuck my life," and she shuts the door. Well, and this uh, is how you know Ashley Marin is the best mom in Rosewood. She's yeah. like, "Mona's awesome." I'm sorry you don't understand that, Hannah, but uh, she's coming in. Well, because I think my my theory, like my meta theory about Ashley is that after a long day, when she comes back to the house and it's just her, it's this empty nest, she pours like a glass of wine somehow bigger than the one that Emily has in her hand right now. And she flips on Netflix and she catches up with Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fuck yeah, Caleb. Fuck yeah, Mona. I'm really into the Spencer storyline. The Arya storyline's winning me over. Hannah and Jordan? Nope. <laughs> nope. Don't know what he's saying. Even uh, the subtitles. Well, so Mona's perspective here. She did a bunch of shenanigans to leak something to what she thinks is her friend and Spencer Hastings. Because yeah. she just felt horrible about it. And then Caleb shows up and threatens the shit out of her. And then suddenly she's getting fired because there was like this like super mean leak on her side of the campaign. Yeah. And the liars are just all like, fuck you, whatever. Yeah. And yet she still wants to hang out with them. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. I mean, the only thing left for them to do is to cut off her hands. <laughs> Mona would still rock it. So, uh, yeah, we're going to kind of shift to a little bit later. Everybody's seated. Uh, the liars are all on one side of the couch, obviously, and everybody else is on the other. And uh, Including the mysterious and mysteriously hot redhead. Mm-hmm. Ashley and Hannah are kind of in the middle. Ashley's running the show here with her little clipboard. And she says, okay, it's time for 21 questions. And then in the background, people are like, ooh, you know. <laughs> and Ashley says, this uh, party's dead. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're like, nobody is nearly drunk enough for this. Ashley says, uh, this version is, how well do you know the bride and groom? So whoever gets the most points wins a prize. So, first question for 100 points. Where did Jordan propose? And it's just like crickets. The prizes are all penis pops. Yeah. So Mona is just sitting there silently pretending like she doesn't know the answer to every single question. Well, yeah, you has. know Mona is just dying to answer every one of them. She'll answer them correctly. Yeah, so, Arya leans in to talk to Emily and Spencer. And again, classic PLL style. Like, they are within earshot of everyone. <laughs> in and Arya is like, why is she here? I thought you two had it out at the brew. And Emily's like, hmm, she brought a gift. So she's like, yeah, and an axe to grind. So Emily goes to take a sip of her big old glass of wine when Ashley asks her a question. Because no one else is volunteering to answer these questions. And Ashley's like, Emily, for 50 points, do you know this one? Uh, 
how did the bride and groom meet? And Naomi's like, yeah, um, I, uh, I think it was at a work function. And Hannah rolls her eyes. Hannah's like, just like, seriously, bitch. Yeah. And Emily's like, no, no, it was, um, it was at, at, at a party. And now she's like, sorry, uh, Spencer, so just like um, wait, I know this. Uh, well, people are getting pissed. Hannah's getting, or people are giggling. I should say, Hannah is getting pissed. You should like cut over to like Mona, like doing like the nerdy class thing, where she's just like, ooh, 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 call me, call me. (laughs) It's because nobody cares about Jordan. Hashtag Caleb. Uh, Ashley's just like, okay, tell you what, next answer is worth one hundred thousand points. What is Jordan's first name? And it's just like crickets. And it's like, um, you know what? This game is kind of silly. And now Ashley just feels shitty. And it's like, um, is there one where everyone takes a shot when you hear the word bride? And they all kind of laugh politely at this. Like, seriously, you need to be way drunker before you start this shit. So Hannah, Hannah picks up the, the big old tablet remote there that we established during the, in the episode. She tries to turn some music on and it just keeps beeping at her. It's like not Check doing off anything. Smart loft. <laughs> Check off smart loft. And it's like, what is wrong with this thing? And she taps it some more on the volume controls, and suddenly, like, a super loud alarm starts blaring, and there's, like, death metal music blasting. Everybody covers their ears, and Hans just like, oh my god, and, you know, it's the tablet says system malfunction, error all over the place. And, and she's just like, Hannah, and Hannah says, I don't know how to make it stop. And Spencer's like, here, here. She takes her remote, and then the lights go out, and Emily's like, what is happening? And Spencer's like, I have no idea. And, like, the remote's not working. Everybody's covering their ears, looking around. Ashley tries a light switch. Doesn't work. And suddenly, like, like a wind machine turns on. Like, this, this party is going to turn into, like, a 1990s Michael Jackson music video. Lucas has a wind machine at his place. Like, yeah. does he shoot porn here or something? <laughs> Isn't there, like, an Airbnb for porn, though? Yeah. And, like, people are screaming. Stuff starts blowing all over the place. And Ari's like, what is that? An air conditioner? And then, like, we see, like, little gift bags start blowing over and, like, glasses shattering. And we, somebody screams in the background, somebody turn it off! And Arya, she sees a gift bag fall over and she runs over to pick it up. Or And we get this, like, nice, like, kind of, like, hero Arya shot of her hair blowing in the wind here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she puts a bag back on the table, which happens to be right next to, like, a big round gas fire pit. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the fireplace turns on and blows Arya up. Hashtag Arya's on fire. Yeah. And all the liars are just watching in horror as Ari goes down in flames. And she's like, Ari, oh my god! And they all rush over to her as we cut to the commercial. Uh, this this right here, this is some classic A shenanigans. This is worthy of the title. Yeah. Lucas's killer loft is trying to kill Arya. Yep, yep. Yeah, the, the accoutrements of a music video attacking our beloved liars. All, like, all, like the other, well, all the other liars have been attacked by robot houses. Now it's Arya's turn. Well, it's like, do you remember when they were almost like... Uh, uh, frozen to death Mm -hmm. when they were almost cooked (laughs) when their shower tried to attack them or when they went to nolcon's cabin and it attacked them it's kind of funny is that it was ella the time in the car full of bees (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah uh so after the commercial we're still lucas's loft it's later most of the excitement has died down his party actually got good for a minute there uh, we like pan up in the present bags and you know kind of damage to Emily who's like looking at them. Mona's in the background talking to some random extras, although not talking to the mysterious and mysteriously hot redhead. I and love so- how Mona's doing that thing where she holds her hand to her chest and she's shaking her head, just like oh my god, you know, which is 
obviously a pose that she's putting on because like Mona is like way too chill for that. Well, yeah, she's downloaded the appropriate personality mm-hmm. to, to, to relate these people. So it's been on her phone. I feel like at the end of this party, Mona's just like, it's crazy. You, Hannah, you remember your old boss? Now I'm her boss. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, all do of you want these, a job? All of these girls now have numbers in Mona's phone. Mm-hmm. Like, like she's doing like crazy networking here. Yeah. I don't know how Mona's not the head of the Karasimi group five years later. She probably is. I mean, she I just doesn't feel tell like anyone. When she stayed behind to hear the end of the story, she must have gleaned the secrets of the universe, or at least some like Swiss bank account numbers. Yeah, transferred uh, the money. Yeah, so Spencer is on her phone, comes over to Emily, and we hear, like, okay, yeah, just give me a call. And she hangs up, talks to Emily, and she's like, well, she's been admitted to the ER. I mean, she has second degree burns, but the doctors say she's going to be fine. That's not that bad, seriously. It's like blisters, that's all. Well, I wonder, like, was there supposed to be like a, like a punchline thing there? Because the way she's like, second degree burns, but the doctors say she's going to be fine. Yeah. And our Emily just scoffs, annoyed. She's like, how did this even happen? Spencer says, why don't you ask her? And they look back at Mona in the background, talking to these other girls. And of course, Spencer would not trust this, because she knows Mona's like way too cool to be acting all like shaken and surprised. And Spencer says, I mean, is it just a coincidence that the loft tried to turn Ari into a s'more right after she arrived? Do you and remember they- when these girls did a covert mission in which those two dressed up like nurses to sneak into a mental asylum? That mental asylum is now a hotel, a luxury hotel. And it was, it was managed amazing. by the mom of the bride. <laughs> yeah. And then they were just going to ponder what an Aria s'more would taste like. And then Spencer's phone beeps. She checks it. She's got a text. It says, I don't have much time, but I can meet now. Toblerone. Uh, vindictive cherry flavored secrets. Hmm. Yeah, so we, we push in a little on Spencer as she processes. We dissolve into a flashback. Yeah, time for her to fugue out. We're back in that moment in Spencer's dorm where Toby's in the chair and Spencer's on the bed with this lighting. It seems like the most desolate of memories. And he's like, how long does this take? And she's like, three minutes set on the package. Oh, shit. It's a pregnancy scare. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure we joked on an earlier podcast about how Caleb and Hannah were going to have the brick storyline. Yeah. Turns out it was Spoby. Yeah. So they wait some more. Toby drinks his coffee and then and flashback. Mm-hmm. Spencer looks up. She's kind of like regaining her awareness. She says, um, I had to go. And Emily's like, who was that? Hannah? Spencer says, no, it was, uh, it, it was my dad. Uh, but I'll call you later. Bye. So they yeah. hug and Spencer just takes off and Emily's just rubbing her neck. She's still super freaked out. I, I feel like I've seen this in like, like, parody movies or something before where like somebody has a flashback comes back from the flashback and it's just like i have to go <laughs> so at the brew spencer walks in his music playing. well it's so a, yeah so music's like kicking in now it's like day outside now i i choose to believe that there's just a really bright street light on outside well i'm like i thought the thing was at night if it wasn't at night how much alcohol were you like squeezing down <laughs> during the daylight hours anyway so there's like some dj music playing Toby's Toby's in the liar nook. He's waiting. He's stirring the fuck out of that coffee again. He doesn't. Did you notice he's a sergeant now? He's had this in 611. I didn't notice it before, but he's got those stripes on his shoulder now. So he he did get that promotion? Well, he got, I mean, it's been five years. He got something. Okay. Uh, He doesn't see her because because as a cop, he has the worst situational (laughs) awareness. I mean, you're facing the door, Toblerone. Um, but Toby stirs his coffee and like he's stirring his coffee 
like how some people peel labels off bottles or some people like wash rocks in the it, washing machine to avoid masturbating. It's a combined. tick. Yeah, it, it's a tick. Um, so we get this great slow push in on Spencer as she's watching him. Yeah, she just drinks almost, the almost transfixed. Like old memories are running through her head right now. Time for another flashback to the dorm room. And we kind of pan up to oh, Toby stirring his coffee. And I like that repetition of the stirring. Like, it's Toby's nervous tick, and after this scene, I feel like there's no way Spencer couldn't associate it with this moment, right? Can you can you imagine if, like, there was some kind of happy ending in 620, and, like, Spencer and Caleb reunite, and they're just going to, like, go to bed oh, and like, just have a good night together, and he's like, let me just finish my coffee, and he starts, like, stirring it, and she's like, no, get the fuck out! No, the worst thing would be if Caleb did it. I was, like, oh, sorry, I meant, I meant Caleb did. Yeah, yeah. Started stirring his coffee, and she just, like, flips out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there they are. She's watching him stir the stir the coffee, and he says... Well, he finally puts the cup of coffee down on, like, a desk or something, mm-hmm. and he looks back at her, and he's like, do you want to talk about it? And she says, talk about what? She's right on the edge of tears right now, and he says, what we're going to do if... Toby, I'm a sophomore. Okay, I'm having a hard enough time juggling exams. I know. And you don't even live in the state. I, I know, but I could apply for a transfer. You know, it was at this point in the scene where I began to wonder if maybe Toby had some special needs. Like, maybe we're just <laughs> maybe we're just huge assholes who've been making fun of him this whole time. I feel like Keegan Allen is, he's he's actually playing it really well, playing like, just a really goofy character trying to be serious right now, you know? Yeah, well, th- I feel like over the course of six seasons, he's played, like, three Tobys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there was, like, that weird Toby with the Prince Caspian haircut. Oh, God. Who was antisocial and strange and, and like, had, like, little monologues that he would give Emily on streets. Um, and then there was, like, somewhere in season three before he turned evil, he was, like, a normal dude of a haircut, you know, and like, why yeah. would somebody do something like that? And then it was like, definitely like right around the time he became a cop and he's having like Spencer cooking microwave meals and egg shows up. Maybe he, became he has a tumor. This, well, he became like this like douchey bro. Toby having a tumor. Hashtag Toby's tumor. <laughs> would be an interesting storyline. It's not a tumor. Do you think the Keegs would like shave his head to go like full? <laughs> I think he would. I think I think he's a, a method actor. He'd go for it. And then like he just starts like hallucinating like James Franco into scenes. Mm-hmm. Um and so she's like, and, and what? You gonna move into my dorm room? You don't have to say it like that. Like what? Like living together would be such a horrible thing. In this context, it would be. I'm sorry, but it would. You're talking about this like it would ruin our lives i mean isn't this what we were planning for eventually i i I don't know you know i really i really hadn't thought that far ahead i haven't made up my mind about grad school i don't well have you have you made up your mind about me oh it's such a fucking lost puppy dog right now well he he he, you're losing, and you have to ask that question. You're trying to make this, first of all, this well, moment does not need to be the State of the Union. Of the well, Spencer isn't having any of this self-pity right now. She's just like, don't make this about something that it isn't. He swallows. He's crushed. So, 
I mean, I'll, I'll give this to Toby. Spencer, she's kind of right. Like, this isn't the time. But, like, dude just put himself out there. And, like, there's only one answer that's not, like, a crushing defeat. He did not get that answer. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, this this isn't, to me, like, the end of the relationship. This is, like, the realization of the end of the relationship. The relationship was over yeah. before this. But she's like, and what about you? I'm not the only person here who has plans. You know, you were, you said you wanted to quit the force. You said you wanted to go back to school. That was your idea, not mine. And it was only because being a cop, being with a cop isn't good enough for you. I have never said that, okay? I just, I don't know. I thought that maybe you wanted more. Well, like, she looks like she's about to lose her fucking mind. She's covering her mouth now, starting to cry, yeah. Already one of the toughest moments in her life. And she's like, can we please not do this right now? He's, she covers, cover, he covers he's covering hand. his face too. She's talking is, through her hands. This is really hard. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make it harder. It's just I feel like we're picturing our future together. Or I'm sorry, when we're picturing our future future together, we're not looking at the same picture anymore. <laughs> and the phone dings. Oh, moment of truth. Well, it's it's the same egg timer alarm that Emily had earlier in six B. Well, this is this is the this is the ding that an iPhone makes. I mean, people are like, "Oh my god, why would she use that noise?" It's like, what? That's the noise it makes. But I I, I like that it has that evocative of the egg timer sound, which mm. is kind of a funny joke. Um, mm. In this kind of maturity, this, this season is like weirdly all about like uh like female reproductive rights and and issues in one way or another you know hashtag make donald trump again uh, um, so in flashback yeah so there's like spencer in the brew looking at toby apparently toby has seen her has come to snap her out of her view she's he's walked over to her yeah he's like spencer and she's like toby um thanks for coming to see me well how long do you think spencer is just fuging out there like, I just see him like, like 15 waving minutes. his hand in front of her face <laughs> copiously. Or how did he do it? Like flaps his arms. <laughs> like a flightless bird. Yeah, I, I can't stay long. I'm on duty. So yeah, of course. So they walk over to the nook and sit down. Uh, and then Spencer says, Caleb doesn't know that I'm here. If if you're if you're going to try and get me. He didn't do it, okay? He didn't leak it. He's just taking the blame. Why? When she like she like does these like eye loop de loops that she wrestles telling us, but well, she's like she can't bear the thought of the Hardy Bros fighting. Yeah, yeah, but she knows this is serious, and she's like, because A is back. Not A exactly, just uh, some copycat version. What? Well no no, he's like, What? What? <laughs> You're really selling the nuances of Keegan's performance here. I try. And so Spencer's like, whoever this is, thinks that we don't thinks that we know who killed Charlotte, and so they're trying to make our lives miserable because of it. And I'm really sorry, but Yvonne was just collateral damage, and Caleb didn't want to tell you because he just wanted to put you at risk. Toby's face right now is just like, I knew that son of a bitch couldn't have done it, Caleb, you magnificent bastard. Hashtag Night Iron. Thank you for telling me. So she nods and. He watches her. She's feeling shitty. And he's like, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I just, um, I really couldn't have you thinking that I would ever judge Yvonne for making that choice. 
And it's soulful, it's soulful Toblerone face hair. He's just nodding. Not after you and I almost had to make that choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she has like that one tear coming down her cheek. I uh, I gotta go. Okay. How's Yvonne? Uh, she she's been uh, amazing. You know, just really strong. Well, there's a there's a nice little moment here as Spencer both smiles and wipes away her tears. And then he ruins it by saying, I guess I have a type. Take it easy, Toby. Yeah, So, but she still, she smiles. Take care of yourself. You too. He leaves. She's just going to ruminate a bit. And then she gets a text that says, you didn't take me seriously, so I thought I'd light a hashtag or a emoji fire under your ass. And Spencer's like, well, shit. Yeah. Well, it can get worse, though. Well, so before we go to the next scene, just, you know, let's let's talk about this for a bit. First of all, I think that text was not because she told Toby or anything. I think no. that was basically, like, delayed, like, taking credit for the attack on Arya there. Yeah. That's how I'm kind of interpreting that. Uh, so, the Spovey breakup. Any thoughts? I think it, like I said, I think it's one of those things where... That relationship was over, like once long distance was was entered into the equation, and it took something so severe for them to finally face it. Yeah, well, I gotta say, great scene, great acting. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just, yeah, that's it. It's one of those like two real moments that the show does. You know, um, right. I, I can, I feel like I can make a strong argument that they should have actually had Spencer get the abortion instead of just having the scare. You know, because shows are always like they chicken out and it's like, oh, we had a miracle miscarriage while you're on your way to the abortion doctor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, actually have a girl go through with it. I think that would have been cool because like shows so rarely do that. Mm-hmm. Um, on Reddit, I, I mentioned this and one of our, our Reddit friends, Rebecca with a W, she pointed out, though, by not having Spencer actually be pregnant, I think <laughs> there's a there's a shift in the dynamic there. The breakup is more about the realization that they weren't sharing a few, they they weren't seeing the same future basically Mm. rather than have the breakup be about like, Oh, big dramatic abortion made them break up. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, there's good arguments for both sides there. Um, It would have been brave to have one of the liars get an abortion. But on the other hand, I think making abortions out to be like this big, scary thing that ruins relationships. Like you don't need to do that either. You know? Well, I think it's interesting. The the telling point is that here is Spencer, who's a sophomore in college, who may or may not be pregnant, like an unplanned pregnancy on, on, on the horizon there. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend says, isn't this what we were planning for <laughs> anyway? Nope. No, not, not even remotely. But that's Toby, though, who has, sad to say, nothing going on in his life. He's going to live in Rosewood forever. He's at well, 23. He kind of wants, know, though. Yeah, it's what he wants. He wants to be Mayberry as fuck. He's going to build a house because he wants to settle down. <laughs> and he wants to put on overalls and he wants to be like Green Acres. Well, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that in theory. Like if, but you it's know, not Spencer. But you gotta, yeah, it's not Spencer. And I think the this pregnancy scare is basically them being like, oh, wow, we're actually totally not on the same page. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm amazed Toby made it to her sophomore year. Yeah. Like, I feel, I feel like he would have made it like 90 days at the most. Well, and it's like, you know, there's long distance. And I don't doubt that Toby came up every chance he could. He probably surprised her. So they probably had like a couple of nice weekends. They probably had a few funny nights on the phone. They probably had a lot of like Spencer's busy. She well, can't neither, talk. 
neither one why. neither one did the wrong thing here like when toby he has that really like broken-hearted moment where he's just like uh what is the line he has um i'm trying to find it here because he's like well have you have you made up your mind about me like he's it's like sorry toby but uh she did you know (laughs) the answer is no and he didn't do anything wrong like but that's just how it is i would disagree with that only in a certain way it's not that spencer made up her mind about toby it's that spencer made up her mind about herself yeah and I mean, that's who she is. And it's who he's not. This is, of course, is not bringing up the time he put her in a mental institution. Put that aside for a second. And, you know, suppose they got past that. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, not every relationship is built to last. And that's just how it is. Well, and I don't think Toby can handle the fact that every time the going got tough in Spencer's life, he fucking disappeared. <laughs> and this is the time that she went off to, like, start her life, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Toby freaked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think it will shock people that that Toby Cavanaugh hashtag flightless bird is hashtag needy boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, well, needy until he disappears, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we get to the next scene, uh, my glass is empty right now, so hold on just a second. L- last thought on that scene, though. Um, it would be nice if, for once in like the history of television, somebody could have an abortion on TV. And it wasn't, like, just the most horrible, dramatic thing ever. Like, if they just had it and moved on with their lives. I was going to say, only somewhat related to PLL, the uh, first abortion that I remember seeing on TV, I'm sure that someone tackled on TV. Erica Kane? Uh, There's Erica Kane, yeah, I forgot all about that. But uh, Everwood actually had a character get an abortion. And I, I don't remember if the context was, like, you know what it was but just i remember the brian holman mm-hmm. connection not well, that i think I, he wrote that episode but yeah i i promise if anyone ever l- lets me write a tv show i'll throw an abortion in there and not have it be a huge deal also i'll set up a, a, a queer character and not just kill them off in the most brutal and like crushing way possible just saying i i don't think it's a matter of like I, i'm assuming you don't mean like casual abortion but you know it's an adult decision just not have it be like oh my god it's so scary like this is why you break up i I just moved on to be honest to a woman's Mm -hmm. situation i guess um and that's not to say that some depictions aren't or or yeah i mean it's not that it it, it is dishonest it's just like it's every single time you have it come up in a plot line number one it's always like the the big relationship you know grenade basically and then it's like oh they had a miscarriage on the way to the abortion clinic yeah i always i always hate that that it's like oh don't worry our characters morality have been <laughs> saved that yeah. that's what drives me nuts um so uh, speaking of revenge at aria's hospital room she's just chilling in her hospital bed there's the usual sound of like monitors beeping and then her cell phone beeps and it's that same text from a you know, about lying in fire under your ass. And then A unleashes their worst revenge ever. Ezra pops in. Well, I like how Arya's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Pushing the Kurnasard. And he's like, hey. And she's like, hey. And he's like, you okay? And she's like, how did you know that I? He's like, uh, Hannah, she texted me. Are you in pain? Um, I, maybe my line reads, not lining up with Ezra. Well, but, so uh, <laughs> somehow he manages to make, are you in any pain sound condescending. He's like, are, are you in any pain? Um, which, by the way, Arya's, she's, like, overnight for a second-degree burn on her arm here. 
Yeah. Like Rosewood Health Insurance. Like she's got an IV in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she got a concussion or something. I don't know. Well, essentially, he assumes she's going home, and he's not off base. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she says, "Well, they gave me something. It's not completely helping." And he's like, "Aria, I'm I'm so sorry. Um, I told Hannah and her mother, who were inexplicably waiting outside, that if they needed rest, that I could I could take you home." And Aria's like, "Nurse well, says it's going to be a long night." Aria gets that look on her face now, which I'm interpreting as, "Oh shit, he is into me again." Like yeah. that's that's what I'm reading from Arya here. Yeah, uh, yeah. The nurse says it's gonna be a long night, and he kind of sighs because this is his struggle now. Yeah, he says, "Well, I'm prepared for that." And he swings a book bag off his shoulders and starts taking some shit out. And he says, "We have reading material." And he holds up like a fashion magazine or two, and he says, "Uh, spare clothes." And he holds up a yellow Hollis T-shirt. It's Golden Boy. It's, it's her favorite shirt. Actually, technically, it's not. It's a slightly different shirt, but I assume. That this is supposed to be the same shirt that he showed her in Which, 504 and said it was her favorite shirt. Doesn't that make it even worse manipulation that he's he's has another yellow shirt that's supposed to be evocative of the mm-hmm. previous yellow shirt? Either way, it's like, oh, you had that for five years. You've just been holding on to it this whole time. Um, I mean, like, not just that. I sleep with it because it smells like you. I mean, my girlfriend's dead. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Yeah, spare clothes. Um, I mean, I, it's funny, like, I, I posted about this. This is either romantic or creepy, depending on your personal views here, because one of our, uh, Twitter followers, it's just like, or it was totally adorbs. And it's like, yeah, it would be if you can just avoid this one thing that you can't avoid, you know? Like, I can see how, like, you know, if you're coming from a different angle, yeah, that is super cute. I'll acknowledge that. Uh, but gross. Uh, so Ezra says, unfortunately, they are my clothes, but I'm pretty sure we can find some medical tape that I can just sort of cinch around the sweat, top of the sweatpants. And Arya, she's kind of smiling at this. And I mean, I think it's the power of the shirt here. You know, she's like, ooh, favorite shirt. Um, and then, then that look That's comes an back. That's aphrodisiac. <laughs> yeah, that, that just like, pit of your stomach like oh no what is happening look comes back on her face and he's like uh i have gummy bears I have several sets of and he looks up he sees the look on her face it's like fear panic nausea and he's just like hey don't be scared which like now i'm scared uh, and Esther <laughs> says you want the doctor and Arya's like no and she kind of shakes him off she's biting her cheek again and he says Arya, it's a terrible accident and Arya's kind of whispering she's like it wasn't an accident and Ezra's like, what? What do you mean? And she kind of blinks. She, she shakes him off. She kind of like manages a smile here. And she's like, nothing, nothing. I, It was just my fault. I shouldn't have been standing so close to the fireplace. Which I know this, you know, this isn't Ezra's fault here. But the way that line reading and that placement, it's like, it's like she's internalized her guilt here for her own attack. It's just like, oh, man. I mean, it's been an intense episode for Arya. She's mm-hmm. soon to be a published co-author. She's been in a lineup. She's been lit on fire. And then, worst of all, Ezra. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, her, it's her own fault for standing so close to the fireplace, blaming herself. Well, and, and you think that's the metaphorical line, is that she puts herself so close to Ezra, of course she's going to get be the one who gets burned. There you go. Flying too close to the sun on wings made of butter. Endgame. Uh, so, meanwhile... <laughs> The sun like in this similitude is Ezra's hot passion. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's disgusting. Hashtag nightmares. 
And then he just shoves some cake in her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, meanwhile, out in some kind of like common area, but in between it's the, like the waiting room, area, whatever. Yeah. There's Ashley and Hannah who are sitting on some chairs together. And it's like, why are you out here when fucking Ezra's in there? Well, it was their, you know, domicile, whatever. No, no. Ashley's I mean, party. Why aren't they in there with Aria? She was in there by herself think, all alone. I think Hannah was just like, you don't want to be in there, trust me. And Ashley's like, I know I've met Ezra. He's but I mean, unless they're like waiting for the doctor to come and give, I don't know. So, so She's like, I met Ezra. He came over to my house once and then like went upstairs and I pretended not to notice. It was really weird. As he went through my daughter's computer. In her lingerie. I am still amazed that people forgive this asshole. Um, so Hannah, <laughs> Hannah's like, Mom, I'm really sorry for being such a bridezilla. And clearly, I'm the one who hasn't been including Jordan enough in my life, not the other way around. I like how actually she just smiles at this, like, because she's the best mom. She's not going to give Hannah shit. But yeah. she's got a question. She says, can yeah. I ask you a question? Why have you iced out Mona? Goddamn like, right, Ashley. Hannah's like, seriously, any question? And that's the one? Mm-hmm. Hannah tries to play dumb. Ashley's not going to let her. She says, I saw the way you and your friends reacted when she showed up. I think a sewer rat would have gotten a warmer welcome. And it's like, well, she wasn't invited. And Ashley's like, why not? Fucking exactly. And Hannah just turns away. She she doesn't want to admit she's been awful. And Ashley says, clearly you meant a great deal to her. Or mean a great deal. Mean a great deal to her. Uh, has she has something happened since the investigation started? And Hannah's like, honestly, I don't know what, what Mona's been up to lately. And Ashley's like, what does that mean? And Hannah's like, nothing. And then she like puts on a very fake smile and says, look, we're both tired. I'm going to get us some coffee. Take take your your indignation for the iced outness that Mona's gotten. And ask me like, or answer me like, why has that not been applied to Ezra? What do you mean? Well, like, why does Ezra get forgiven for things? And like, here's poor well, Mona, who's I mean, essentially suffering... Show. For her past crimes, who's also been through such a similar situation as these girls. Mm-hmm. Ezra hasn't really suffered. I mean, to well, his girlfriend died, and that's his suffering, of course. Never mind Nicole. Yeah, I mean, but he made the, the gunshot to the abdomen about himself as well. Well, I mean, I, mean, that, I, mean, I guess I just maybe it's a little bit about himself. <laughs> Ezra's like, excuse me, I think that was kind of about myself. And Spencer's like, shut up, Ezra. To the point that Spencer had to move all his boxes for him. His boxes <laughs> of evidence of surveillance footage uh, of girls. Like the ultimate insult. You suspected me. Now you move my shit around. And I just like lecture you on like how my family was like really dramatic because my parents got divorced. I'm, I'm just saying, no matter how you, you get at the blackboard and do the logic on Ezra, it's a bad equation. Yeah. You take that map Ezra. in any direction. It doesn't well, you know, and this is the thing about Ezra is that Arya and Ezra in this episode, they're they're starting that dance again, and he's being transparently manipulative in what he's doing. But which is classic Ezra. But it's not like Arya, like number one, doesn't know what he's doing, and number two, maybe kind of likes it. Yeah, you know, she's an adult now, so you know, you make your own decisions. Yeah, uh, I See, just think of these two as basically reenacting their version of the Night Porter. Um, so, so back in Ari's hospital room, Ari was about to fall asleep, but then she's awake and she's like, "Don't stop! It was working." Uh, Raising. Yeah, I was definitely starting to feel sleepy. And he's like sitting in a chair. He's been reading a magazine to her, and he's like, mm, "So was I." And she kind of chuckles. She smiles. Just she's, 
adorable. She just smiles glow. just warmly at him. Yeah, she's glowing. And, it, and, it, and I answer my own question because it's like, if Arya can look at this asshole like that, I almost want to see him redeemed. But I don't. Well, and they're like, is, are the painkillers kicking in? Or is Arya, <laughs> is she starting to fall for Ezra again? Because I feel like most of this episode, she's kind of been like, whoa, I see what's going on here. I'm really worried about it. And now she's kind of like, eh, this wasn't so bad. Like, I feel like this is her slowly being seduced by that old rhythm here. Yeah. So he's like, okay. And he starts to read, this season is all about Prince. The bolder, the brighter, the better. Uh but how, you ask, can I incorporate such strong design elements into my wardrobe? I would have loved it if he said something about feathers and all this. Yeah, then he closes well, that magazine. Well, and she is giving him just some serious, like, lovey-dovey eyes right now. Yeah. Because the like, secret to Arya's heart is read about bad fashion to her. Yeah. And he's, he closes the magazine. He's like, mm, you know, maybe there's something snappier in the waiting room, like a, like a car manual. She chuckles. And she's like, well, it's isn't, like isn't that huh. such a classic Ezra move, though? Like, he sees, like, he's, like he's gaining traction and so he's going to pull back now well he's gonna he's going to bring light to the fact that he's stepping outside of his comfort zone and being so cutesy to her to talk about oh maybe i could butch it up a little bit well he's gonna he's gonna let her say no i want more you know he's 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 gonna like let her think she's making the next move that's that's all it's been his move is like no you're calling all the shots here yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's basically using like seduction community esque, mm-hmm. like like NLP shit on her. Um, I'm flashing back in my mind to like his photo shoot. From oh my god! Three. Yeah. So she's like, "It's informative," and he's like, "If it's informative, you want, I suggest we give that pamphlet on staff infection another shot." So she chuckles again. Keeps hey, the how about toxic shock syndrome? <laughs> no. Oh, killed the mood. <laughs> so she's like. Was it true what you said earlier? Well, she um she she laughs, but then she gets all introspective. Yeah, before that. Yeah, was it true what you said earlier about the writing? I have creative baggage too, wanting to make you proud. And he's touched, and you know, before well, he can say anything. Yeah, before he's struggling for words, and then oh, Liam walks in. So this is how I'm interpreting that little exchange there. I feel like when Arya says "wasn't true" what you said earlier, she's saying, "Hey, you were lying earlier." But yeah. then when she says, you know, I have creative baggage too, wanting to make you proud, she's basically saying, yeah, I kind of still have feelings for you, though. I think there's the possibility of that. I think there's also essentially a, uh, a kind of gratitude implied with that sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of a fig leaf. They're not going to come out and say it, but I feel like that's kind of what she's acknowledging. Like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, I actually still have feelings for you. You clearly do, and you're lying about it. And yeah, I'm kind of just letting you know that that's on the table. I mean, because there is no, there is no real justification for their relationship, especially when you then add in on top of that the the whole Allison, the book, all that stuff. Um, but part of her aspect of that relationship, you know, from her teenage mindset, was that she wanted to be thought as being on the same level as Ezra. She was she was mature. This she was sophisticated. This was a relationship she deserved. Well she she essentially is now though. Right, right. But I mean the writing is like like almost the purest metaphor of that. Like she it wants is, to yeah. be on that level. She's she's a co writer with him, but but also she is older now and she is like she still likes him. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but I, that's what I'm reading from this scene is that 
like th- that old familiar thing she's processed it and recontextualized it and she's thinking about it as an adult now and she still kind of likes it skeezy as it may be like that that's what i'm reading well and i agree i think i think it's interesting if you put it in contrast to the spovey scene there Mm -hmm. where and i kind of am this is my interpretation when i read between the lines of some of like troyan's tweets (laughs) is that that spovey does not spovey's not coming back and they don't have to that's okay that's that is more realistic than the girl who reconnects with her, you know, statutory rapist later in life. Well, I mean, you know, I, I do, I, I know people who, you know, were not of the, the, the proper age when they got together and whatnot. So it's not like this doesn't happen. That's true. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that you're just kind of like, eh, I don't know. She's an adult now, so she can make her own decisions. So anyway, Liam comes in. He's like, "Oh, thank God you're okay." And Ezra very quickly stands up and he says, kinda, "Fuck!" <laughs> he has moves back away to make room for Liam here. And Ari sits up. She's like, "Liam, hey!" And Liam says, "I'm so sorry, well, my phone died." Sorry, the fact that they both sit up like in sync, mm, yeah, makes them look even more guilty. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of when when uh, Spalip walked out of that hotel lobby in sync. Oh my God, I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry. Liam says, I'm so sorry, my phone died on the way back from Philly, and I came here as soon as I heard the message. Also, I'm A. Uh, well, then he, he, he's, he's satisfied that quotient. Then he whips around quickly to face for Ezra. Ezra well, the, the reason he does that is because Arya's been looking at Ezra the whole time. Yeah, but he does the, hey man, I appreciate you being here. And I felt like there's, there's 15% a reminder from Liam mm-hmm. to Ezra about whose territory this is. Ezra's like, yeah, of course. And Liam's like, yeah, no, fuck off. Yeah, thank you for keeping an eye on my girlfriend for me. It's like when Caleb that. came back and he's like, hey, Lucas, really wanted to thank you for, you know, taking care of Hannah while I was gone. But I'm back now. I'm, sorry, I'm not doing the voice, but I'm back now. So, you know, get lost. Meanwhile, it's Caleb Lucas, time. It's Caleb Lu- time. <laughs> Lucas flared nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> flaring bigger (laughs) um but yeah i I think liam's being somewhat genuine but there is a creeping quotient of that oh this is ezra you already creeped me the fuck out this is the move that you gotta do you know hey buddy i'm gonna shake your hand thanks for taking care of her well go away liam can't be foolish enough to not have picked up upon that okay. when he voiced mm-hmm. the obviousness of what Ezra is doing to Arya earlier, she was just like, oh, bad taste, Liam. Bad uh, he, taste. he knows what's going on. Yeah. So uh, well, the sad thing is, though, is that once you enter this fight, mm-hmm. there is no fight. There's there's only losing. Yeah. All, you, all you can do is lose by pointing it out at this you're point. Not, you're not winning anything if you have to fight. Anyway, mm-hmm. so he's just like, oh, let me be the first to share good news. Jillian approved the book. And Arya's like, what? That's amazing. I was like, that's great. That's great. Liam's only looking at Arya here. And he's like, yeah, congratulations. You're going to be an author. And he comes over and he gives her a big kiss. Yeah. And Ezra's just standing around, feeling awkward now, trying to trying to ghost out of the room. I feel like this is where Emily needs to show up and be like, no, this is how you do it. Trust me. <laughs> Ezra's like, hey, um, congratulations well, at the he, door and he like holds up his arms like like God. he's presenting that christmas chicken what a tool <laughs> oh he's such a pandering asshole and he's like and uh, uh feel better and Arya's like thank you bye and liam just kind of waves him off goes back to Arya, and ezra just kind of like walks out of there and liam's like oh 
you should see the email Jillian sent me. You hungry? Can I get you something to eat at the cafeteria? But Arya's mind is elsewhere now, because uh, she has two boyfriends, basically. She has two boyfriends, but most importantly of all, there's also her future, which, as an author and novelist, that's going to navigate completely between these two boyfriends. Well, and, you know, to be a little bit mercenary, published author? That's not nothing. That's not nothing. But the sad thing is that, to fulfill that, mm-hmm. she needs both of these guys. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's so awful and wonderful. Uh, it's I I am I am absolutely loving the Arya storyline this season. I, really I feel like am. eventually Liam's just like the only way we can settle this is to have a threesome. It's like it, it's the end of chasing Amy right now. Mm. Mm. Chasing Arya. Um, also, where was Liam in Philadelphia? Because he got the email from Julian. Liam like teleports back to Philadelphia at a moment's notice. But I mean, like. Oh, no, not Philadelphia, Boston, right? But he said, I came back from Philadelphia. Did he fly from Boston into Philadelphia? Oh, yeah, he did say he came from Philly. Yeah, so, like, what is he doing there? What are you doing there? Like, you're getting emails about all this from Jillian? Did Jillian actually say anything? Yeah, anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, it's got to be weird. Like, your girlfriend's your coworker, and now, like, she's your client. (laughs) What if he, like, hijacked Jillian's email, like, three weeks ago, and Ari's been fired and doesn't even know it? He's I... just like, yeah, she wants you to write the book together. God, this is weird. <laughs> the things I'll do to keep a keep a relationship. Haven't I been pitching some kind of variation on this theory <laughs> the whole season? So, uh, Inspector's great room. She's on the phone leaving Yvonne uh, a voicemail. I love this shot as we kind of pan from Spencer in profile, like to to coming around to front of her because it's it's gorgeously lit, but out of context. If you turn off the sound, this is like a glamorous, menacing Hitchcock shot. Mm. like she might as well be grace kelly or like allison in her house before a attacks her or whatever um but it's something even more horrible she's like hey yvonne um this is spencer hastings i know that i'm probably the last person you want to hear from right now but i just really wanted to say that i'm sorry i'm really really sorry and if you ever need anybody to talk to i know there's probably a million other people you'd want to talk to before me but i'm here and she hangs up yeah. So I was listening to Cabernet. They they were kind of debating the appropriateness of that offer there because she didn't technically have an abortion. I don't think like she's not saying I know what you went through here. She's just saying, right. hey, if you want to talk. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's that's OK. You know? I I think that this is a very human gesture because this is the kind of thing that probably is going to infuriate Yvonne. But I can see from Spencer's perspective that did you feel like you need to do this? Well, and. I, you know, from a woman's perspective, it's, it's, it's the choice. It's not the act, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's not like Spencer can't at least, you know, she didn't experience it, but she knows, she knows the, the turmoil that could lead to something like that. It's not like she, you know, has no idea what it would feel like. Well, see, and there's that, there's the subject matter, and then there's the present day where just, some kind of violation has happened. And from Yvonne's mm-hmm. perspective, it came essentially from Spencer, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from her camp. And so I feel like it is absolutely like someone in Spencer's place would want to reach out to try to make some kind of amends. You feel you have to do that. And of course, Yvonne's probably getting that voicemail and just being like, I fucking hate this bitch. Well, and also, I mean, Yvonne's dating Toby, so she probably has no friends, right? <laughs> well, they just stay home and stream. <laughs> they stream. Yeah. Oh, did we ever talk about how somebody, how somebody 
their read on that scene was that uh they're streaming like old tonight shows like they're like decades before Fox. that was the impression yeah because they're watching like green acres yeah yeah Ugh. we watch nick at night oh, have you seen this show happy days i'm 70 years old already i just discovered mork and mindy so cut to an overhead shot in the alleyway Mona's taking out the trash bag to some garbage cans here. And Emily. And Emily following her with a big box of like party stuff. How did these two What are you doing? I'm taking out the trash. And Emily. How did these two get stuck on trash duty? Yeah. PS shipping it. Oh, I am I am shipping it hard. I'm almost shipping as hard as I was shipping Mona and Kayla for five minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Mona says, Is there any more? And Emily's like, No, that's it. You don't you didn't have to stay. I could have done this myself. And Mona's smile kind of fades here, because this is basically Emily being like, you're not really welcome, basically, is what she's saying. And then Emily looks over, and in the trash is her wedding dream book. It's all, like, burnt up, and she kind of picks it up. She says, "I see. it seems whatever I do ends up this way. Good intentions that look like trash. She tosses it back in the garbage, and she's like, damn, Mona needs a W. Just saying. I mean, that's fucked up. Those are her childhood memories there. Maybe you should make out with her, Emily. Just saying. Uh, and Emily's like, sorry. And Mona just kind of shakes her off. She's like, you need a ride? And Emily's like, no, that's okay. Mine's right here. So Mona gets her keys out of her But isn't Emily, like, living in the loft? With... Uh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Mona, she gets out her keys. She's walking her car. And Emily's just like, we get, like, a POV from Emily, like, staring at Mona's ass here. Well, yeah, like, like my first read was like, damn, Emily, going there. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Mona has a pink dice keychain. Also, Mona is carrying her keys in a way that you obviously do when you're trying to show off a clue. <laughs> Emily's just like, damn, wish I had a swing like that in my backyard. And she says, did you call Charlotte that night from the Two Crows Diner? I'm sorry, first she says, was it you? And Mona looks back, she's like, well, and, you know, did you call Charlotte that night from the Two Crows Diner? Mona purses her lips. She kind of looks over her shoulder. She's being shady. She's not saying anything. And she's like, Emily, I can't talk about this here. Emily's like, get in the car. Mona just stares her down. And Emily's like, get in the car. Thus all my fan fiction begins. Mm -hmm. Mona Lee time. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mona can't have Hannah. Emily can't have Allie right now. Mona, Emily, that works. Just saying. Mm -hmm. I want to say there was something... um, Going into season six, and they were like, "Oh, here's a here's a tease. Emily's gonna get a new girlfriend." And I was like, "Oh shit, post dollhouse, it's gonna be Mona." Whatever happened to the the gay male character that was rumored? I That's been rumored that... for like three seasons. It's never happened. I remember hearing about it, uh, like season what... four. I I guess I first heard about it. I felt like with five B, hmm. and I I thought it eventually just morphed into egg. Yeah, that was definitely not it, though. Yeah, no, no. I don't know what happened there. So anyway, time for the A tag, kind of ish. Um, it's it's Patty back at the garage here, the gruff mechanic. She's using some paint thinner to clean the beige paint off of the uh, bumper of this uh, SUV here, and then she kind of she does this move where she she's cleaned it off, and then she she looks over her shoulder. Uh, kind of like checking to see no one else is around. Then she goes over under the wheel well and pulls out an envelope. And inside the envelope are a bunch of crisp $100 bills. And she's smiling here. So I, I think that basically we got like 
this is the reverse. Like, Patty wasn't warning Emily off the other mechanics. She was basically, like, she didn't want Emily to, like, say anything that they could hear. She yeah. kind of tricked her into thinking that she was, like, sympathetic to the cause, when actually she was not. Right. Um, which, let me just throw this out there. What if Emily had the twin? Wouldn't that make that whole interaction, like, totally crazy? Like, a Tyler Durden, like, just, like, insane. Like, have it, you seen this girl? It would. It would also be uh, sexy. Emily twin? Come on, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Pam's With short like, platinum blonde hair. Pam's like, I totally forgot that I had uh, two daughters that time. <laughs> I just, again, I know I've said this before. If your theory involves somebody with a twin, just take into account a lot of times pregnant mother yeah yeah well you know we we did that interview with paula hunziker we asked her just hypothetically who would you want as a twin of the main four liars and she did not want to answer that question which you know i can understand for various reasons do you think that means anything i don't know i mean all i can say is that we 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 asked the question hypothetically looking like it's like a joke question for a joke Mm -hmm. answer not trying to not trying to touch it. Yeah, we don't, we're not trying to like trick spoilers out of anybody. Seriously, um, I, I, not that it wouldn't be good, and not that they couldn't surprise me. I kind of don't want it to be Spencer, just because, um, it it felt weird to me a little bit. Not that they didn't handle it well when in uh uh was it season four? Yeah, mm-hmm. season four where it was like there was also this pill problem that Spencer had years ago, <laughs> like prior to the one we saw in season three. I would be fine with it being Spencer just because if anyone can do an evil twin, it's Troy and she would crush it. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, it would be great. Um, plus we know that Spencer gets very like tactilely invested in the mystery coming mm-hmm. up in the next two episodes. Um, speaking of which next week has a great title. What is it? Did you miss me? I feel like that almost guarantees a reappearance of Charlotte. I could be wrong. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Written by Joseph Doherty and directed by Roger Cumble. Oh, that's Doherty. Yeah. And, and Cumble. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how Cumble, how involved Cumble's going to be with the new Cruel Intention show. That is a good question. Did I ever tell you got an email from him? Because uh, of like an Ain't It Cool comment? Like 10,000 years ago? Yeah. That's my most treasured email. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, what do you, we got some we got some new shit has come to light here. What do you think? Any anything on Mona or Melissa or Lucas or Damien here? I mean, I feel like the the Lucas Loft thing is almost just like it's begging you, like like come on, like he's up to something. His Loft attacked the liars, but maybe that's all a red herring. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I mean. How much do they talk about these things that bother them and also the mystery elements in the loft, mm-hmm. which I is feel probably like totally wired and bugged her sound. Melissa being blackmailed is probably true. Yeah. That seems like like the kind of thing like Melissa's. She's never actually the shady one. She's or she's never actually a I should say. She's always being shady for a different reason than you think. So her being blackmailed about murdering Bethany. I can see that. Well, uh. If it was Lucas, if you were to try to push a Lucas theory, uh, Lucas was in Mona's army with Melissa. Mm-hmm. So it's no, not there like could be more. Th- you know, there's could be competing factions here for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mona, I she just wants a goddamn friend. I don't know. I'm I'm on Mona's side here. I think you're being bitches, liars. Just saying, give her a hug. Uh, 
I know super super fan uh, Rachel had a theory uh, recently. Uh, I don't totally agree with all the theory because it involves, I think, ultimately triplets. But <laughs> part of the theory was that uh, Bethany Young has the twin, which I'm completely down for if I... it was the matter of Bethany, as you know her and everything you've been told about Bethany is true. She was indeed the one who got killed. She was the, indeed the one who got buried and that she just out there has a twin who I might just... be doing stuff. That makes sense to me. I, I just don't see why that would have any meaning, I guess. I don't know. Um, same thing with Charlotte. I I, I don't buy a Charlotte I, twin. I, I, I could buy a Charlotte doppelganger, but not a twin, I right. guess. You well, know? I, mean, like, I, I could see in the sense that, like, this is a show about mysterious blonde I mean, girls at times. Yeah. Um, Damien. I don't think we're ever going to see Damien again. He's 100% a red herring, and yet yeah. we ask that question, not trying to be not trying to be tricky to Paul Hunsaker about, like, did, our, did Emily murder Damien off screen? And she was like, no. So, I don't know. Maybe we will see him again. Maybe she's just very, very uh, cagey and leading us on. I don't know. I think Paul was being very coy at times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was the episode. Hashtag Arya is on fire. Uh-huh. Um, Arya makes a shiv, becomes Arya is on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, we've gotten this question asked on our website page, and I think people have asked it on Twitter a few times. Will we ever do a Lost podcast? I mean, we're definitely huge Lost fans. Um, probably not, just because it seems like a... It just seems like a lot of work, I guess, to sound as lazy as possible. Um, I love Lost. I don't know how much I would have to offer for a six season long podcast where there's like a hundred and something episodes. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I, you know, if wishes were horses, if I had that kind of time, I would love to, (laughs) but. If I could quit my job and do a Lost podcast, I would definitely do it. But I, I mean, only have so much time in my day. I I hate to be a real prick about it. If you were to pay me to do a Lost podcast, I'd be all over it. I'd give it so much. I would love that show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you really so, need to watch The Leftovers. Just saying. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm 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 halfway through season two of The One Hundred, and apparently, yeah, I'm have I'm fun heading with that. to. I'm heading to some great stuff and there's some stuff that'll make me very angry. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that it's a perfect show. Uh, so I've got a bunch of stuff before you do your, your spiel here. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank yous and hellos to Sophie, Megan, Jillian or Gillian, Karen, Andrew, Kathleen, Melissa, who fiddly enough with that name pointed out in an email to us that Tori DeVito was on one tree Hill and had an amazing and crazy and amazingly crazy storyline there. Uh, to Michelle, who appreciates our descriptions of Arya's outfits, which is always appreciated. To Karin, who emailed observations and kind thoughts. She's apparently did you say Carl Arin? Karin. Okay. Uh, she spells it very interesting. There's a hyphen in there. I I was picturing like Kyler Ren's brother, Carl Arin. I don't know. I don't know if you have to say that because she's apparently the world's biggest Benjamin Light fan. She mm. asked how we can be so cool with our yeah. guests. Do we freak out beforehand or do we have a perpetual case of the fuckets? Uh, we freak out afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we go into a state of like, let me make sure we just ask these questions. Yeah, I don't know how we do it. Uh, we're definitely not professionals or trained, but somehow we manage. Uh, 
you have to kind of step out of your side of yourself the moment that you're having a Skype conversation with Troy and Belisario. It helps and, that Troyan's like the most pr- charming person in the world. So it's and super cool. easy to talk and to. And down to yeah. earth and a real mm-hmm. human being. And, you know, you just enjoy yourself. And then once it's done, you go and scream into a pillow or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, to Lorona, who asked what we thought a PLO movie would be about and praised the Victunia voice. I think we kind of talked about that in one of our uh, Q&A podcasts. Clue. Clue and or like weird European vacation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to Jenny, who asked what the Toby Yvonne ship name would be. And the only thing mm-hmm. I can think of was Yvby. The uh, only thing I can think of is don't care. Yeah. Hashtag uh, Spoby is dead. To Marissa, who finds herself still shipping Ezria somehow. Uh, and to Ashley, who wonders how Benjamin Light could ruin such a lovely episode by making fun of Ezra. Uh, everyone keeps pointing out that Baker Bro Zach is an episode of Fuller House, which is great. He's also on the 100. Um, yeah, yeah, fortunately. Uh, questions from Tracy. Who would you be more disappointed in having a twin? Dr. Rollins, Jordan, or Charlotte? Uh, I would not necessarily... Rollins? Be- yeah, Jor- would- Jordan, probably, just because, like, what the fuck? Like, who cares? I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed in a charlotte twin because i would love any excuse that brings me vanessa ray i mean if she was a recurring guest star who was a ghost like well, a literal ghost if you could do that. the like no really charlotte's still alive or it was her twin that died i'd be like okay that's fine i'm gonna, I'm gonna let it go yeah rollins at least you're like maybe this explains why he's so creepy some of the time jordan it's like who cares seriously <laughs> no seriously who cares mate that was uh, accent. Another question for Tracy. What would you prefer to have a whole season of PLL to binge or do you like it week to week? Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I started watching the show binging up through like like uh, the season three Halloween episode. So I kind of like binging just because I don't know. It's, it's, you know, you can just watch the next episode right there. I think it. It flows a little better probably when you're binging. It's not so much like, oh my god, this was totally filler or whatever, you know. It's like, yeah, next episode, keep it going. I would disagree only in the sense that with PLL, you have that kind of rare special show, much like with Lost for me personally, where uh, that weekly anticipation was so delicious. Like, I really look for because I would watch Lost like live on TV. That's true. Yeah. If an actual TV turned on to the station, and I, I, you know, that half an hour before was electric. I was so excited, and then there you are in your moment watching it. And during the commercial, you're turning to your friends. Oh my God, can you believe that? Whatever. And PLL, it's the same way. I mean, it's the perfect show for that. It's also a perfect show for binging because it's just, you know, it's that airport paperback thriller. I, I binge a show on like like a really short amount of time i don't remember exactly what but yeah i i, I just gulped the show down yeah so that's that's some of the, the hellos i had so okay well if you want to get in touch with us uh we we are available at bros watch pll2 on the twitter on our website page it's bros watch pll2.com our email is broswatchpl2 at gmail.com. That goes to Marco. Yep. It's very mysterious. Sometimes he tells me about it. Yeah. Um, we got some reviews in iTunes. We wanted to thank people, as always, for leaving us reviews. We really appreciate it. We had uh, A. Beth Markowitz, Maddie Cop, KLP0689, Good Morning Starbucks, 
Orange Nat Y or Natty, I don't know, and a Crow Clarice. Thank you to all those in the U.S. I did not check internationally today, but we always appreciate reviews. Mm. Let me go ahead and check one more time just to see. Might have one more. I don't know. Oh, we do. Who's cool. it going to be? Special uh, special feature for Sherry04. These guys overanalyze every scene and feed my type A TV watching heart. The wait from PLL episode to bros episode is so tough, but worth it. Exclamation point. Thank you. I'm so glad that that, uh, that live reading for the first time of a review wasn't like, these guys fucking suck. <laughs> Fuck these guys. <laughs> we have 252 five-star ratings. That's fucking amazing. I really want to thank people for that. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Yeah. No other PLL podcast has that. Just saying. Hashtag sorry. Anyway. <laughs> that was birdness. Lightless bird. <laughs> Mike Goldsmith, the crown is hers for now. We'll see if I'm Arlen King or Joseph Doherty. Joseph Doherty can steal that crown. But uh yeah, I don't know. I, this is just a fun episode. I feel like this was this is what we wanted. Just something fun, a lot of scenes, fast moving. Crazy A scenario, like the more ridiculous the better, you know, like like we don't want like like eggs like getting like you know, like oh your breakfast got messed up. Ooh, you know, it's like no 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 light light Ari on fire, that's what we want. <laughs> I was about to do pick Tony and I stopped. <laughs> uh, but like it's so great because you do have like the Aria, you're on fire. Stop drop and roll. <laughs> She's like, I was gonna do that anyway, Big Tony. God damn it. But like you have like the the, the highly debatable and conversable about Ezria stuff, mm-hmm. like that's that's the beauty of every Arya storyline. Well, like, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Do you think it's actually coming back? Because like uh, uh, Lucy Hale did an interview recently where they're like, "How do you feel about like making out with Ian Harding for two more seasons?" And she was basically just like, "Barf." Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know. Like it's. I try not to let that influence my kind of theorizing, but who knows? Well, I guess we'll see what they do in season seven. I just appreciate so much of what she does. I mean, like, I, I mean, sometimes when I look at Arya's character, I think, I, I think a lot of people they look at her and they see like a girl they know like her. You know what I mean? And they hate that girl, so they they hate Arya. Mm-hmm. They hate these storylines. But it's like, if you actually look at the craft of the acting that she's doing, sometimes. Like the micro expressions, <laughs> I, I feel like she, she's quite possibly a genius. I mean, we we it's it's so easy to put the the credit on Troyan because what she does is fantastic and phenomenal. But like what Arya is doing is is sometimes much more subtle. You know, she just doesn't. I don't know. In interviews like Lucy Howe doesn't talk about her acting that much, and I feel like someday, like like a real interview with some of the cast about what they brought, what they think of some of these storylines. Maybe be. getting her on the podcast. Oh my God. Now, we talk about <laughs> like being nervous to ask somebody a question. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, that was burn. This next week is, did you miss me? Just a dirty Roger Cumble. And then the finale, we're almost there. Hush, hush, sweet liars. Mm-hmm. I already uh, told us how you can contact us. So I'll go ahead and just uh, leave it here. Unless you got anything else. No, are you okay? 
I'm I'm fine. Are you? Are you sober enough to edit this episode? <laughs> I am definitely. I've only had three white Russians. Okay. Well, have a good night, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>